Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 3D6 down the line. Hey everyone, welcome back to 3D6 Down the Line. We are continuing our mega dungeon crawl of the Halls of Arden Vool by Richard Barton using a heavily modified rule set of the old school essential system by Gavin Norman, Mr. Necrotic Gnome. Uh, we're actually not going to be doing too much dungeon crawling today because they have returned to town with sweet, sweet loot. They've already spent a whole session um, identifying, cashing in a bunch of that stuff. They got a lot of sweet gear, the most... Um, Pronounced would probably be Laryl's. Laryl's. Oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. We need to introduce everybody, right? Uh, my name's John. <laughs> my, I'm John. I'm the referee for the evening. Going around the horn once again, we have. I am Mike. I play Gorn Blackhood, the dwarf. Uh, David, he normally plays Onward the Illusionist, is dead to us tonight. I am very much alive to us tonight. I am Matt. I play Avaricios, the left hand of Lysion. And I'm Ted, back from the dead, playing Mortus J. Gobliano, the world's strongest goblin. <laughs> okay, so as we were saying, uh, Laryl One-Eye, uh, they, they yep. identify correctly all three of um, his artifacts, which kind of blew the sages of the Arcane Practitioners Club away. Um, and you notice that some people, like skittered off when they heard about it um they warned you about like how much it's it's very dangerous equipment to have because of how many people would desire it la di da di da um but those were extremely powerful items which you now own um in addition to a few other things that you to which you uh, identified as well so yeah. um dalton's darlings are go ahead i believe mortis has hit points he will require uh, yes, that is. Uh, we're going to be doing that in just a second. I'm just giving everyone a recap real quick. Oh, uh, okay, fine. Yeah. So, uh, so right, Ted, we we rolled them for you last time. Oh, <laughs> I don't believe you. I listened to the episode. <laughs> uh, so Dalton's darlings are in town as well. They are debating whether or not to allow them to sort of not allow them, but um, what they're going to do about Heliogabalus and Yost is basically the big question on everyone's mind right now. Um, we got some curses removed, um, and I can't remember. I know that the boots were removed, right? Yeah. Um, okay, we did do that. I wasn't and, sure yeah. that actually, because at one point you were saying we were going to do it, but then you said, oh, it'll have to happen after we do the identify, and then you left off with the letters. Did it, so I well, did it happen, no, Mike, we, or not? I can't remember. It did. It did. I spent the rest of the day at that temple getting the uh, right. uh, thing done. Yeah, and then okay. did, did David get, David his, get the coin? Did David get did the David coin? Get, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember that. And since he's like not here, we don't have to worry about it. We can just okay, retcon that. Okay, fine. Um, I mean, I'm sure they have enough people at the temple to yeah, it'll be like a spa day for everybody. I'm getting my thing fixed. You guys are getting your things fixed. You're getting your little pedicure. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So Avaricios at the same time got his disease cured, the wasting disease, which was really good. And um, Avaricios is also looking to spend it, uh, a week or more uh, training with his new retainer, Njal Okart, who um, feels that he owes him a blood debt. 
um, uh, to train him into use of his other hand. Um, and uh, there's all other sorts of leads and things like that to, to pursue tonight. So um, mm -hmm. first of all, though, we have a little bit of fun bookkeeping, which is leveling up. So um, Gorn is squarely in the middle of level four now for a dwarf, so he's set to go. However, Mort, mm -hmm. um, only because you weren't here last time, uh, Ted, you are right. you are owed a hit point roll. Um, you're now a goblin two. You are exactly one XP shy of being a goblin three. However, right. uh, Matt Avaricios, um mm -hmm. did spend last last session in session as level four and was one uh -huh. shy of level five. So he is now level five, level five cleric of of uh, Lysion. Um, so uh, that same would also be the case for David. Um, he raised up to level three, a level three illusions, which means that he would have gotten his new second level spell. Um, or access to cast second level spells, I should say. He does not automatically, according to my house rules, actually gain a second level in his uh, spell in his spell book. However, he is in exactly the right place to gain that spell because as long as he trains with a mentor, as in someone in the Arcane Practitioners Guild uh, Club, he would be able to add that. The other problem with David, too, is that he has no spell book. So <laughs> they can train him in the use of this spell, but he has nowhere to write it. So he's in a little bit of a bind. Um, so... Spellbook is what a thousand gold, John. Something a thousand like gold, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so more reason for us to cash in some of our gems and things. Also, more reason to go back to the uh, to plum yes. plum. Uh, what's it called? The Plunger Town. Um, so let's do the quick one first. Mort, you're the quick one. Um, let's uh, get right. your die roll. Give me one second here before you roll, so I can let people yep. see. I believe a, a goblin is a d six. Uh, it is. What? Yes. How many hit points do you have maximum right now? Just out of curiosity. Currently, I have four hit points. Maximum? Yep. I, wow. He was a guy. I'm still level one, technically. Now you're level two. So go ahead and roll your D6. Now I'm level two. I get to roll my second hit die. Oh, I thought you said you were level three. No, no I'm one good. shy of level three. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because remember, I took over Mort when Squeegee died in Blundertown. Yeah, he has to spend That's at least right. this session and gain some XP from this session in order to be level three. Right. All right. So, Mark, please roll. D6, uh, and I, I regret to inform all of our fans that I have a uh, an eight constitution, so that's a minus one to this die roll. Don't! Don't! All right, here we go. Come on, Ted. You got this. Oh, oh, six. I rolled a six. All right. Oh. So it's going to be five, but that's the maximum you can get. That's great. Okay. So you more than doubled your Dude. hit points? Ah, sweet. You are almost into double digit hit points. I'm 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 living La Vida Goblin here. Okay. <laughs> uh and uh, okay. as far as I can tell, nothing else happens for your next level, right? Yeah, you're yeah, you're just level two. Yeah. Okay. Second cool. level goblins, we don't yeah. suddenly get x-ray vision or anything, no. No, but he is twice as uh likely to survive, which is excellent. Um Avaricios. <laughs> Everest was uh -huh. level, level five. So level five is a big level for for Claire. Oh, that's the good stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. not only can you cast another second level spell, um, which is great, but um, you have a bracket jump. The same thing that happened to Gorand last time. So all of um, Avaricios' attack bonuses go up, his saves go down, and he achieves weapon mastery, which means that his damage die now goes from a D six to a D eight. So all of your weapon damage now is a D eight, which is amazing. Um, in addition, you get hit points. So let's get you rolling here. And I'm going to redeem myself. Uh, last time I rolled a one. 
Oh, and, and now that my disease is gone, uh, my con is back up. Nice. Um, uh, so that's good. So, okay. Do you get a Here bonus? Go. Uh, I do not. My con, my, even though I'm healed, my con is only a nine, so gotcha. it's just a flat roll. Gotcha. Okay. All right, I'm Rolling ready. that D6. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Five. Yes. Okay. Nice. Excellent. I will take that. That's good. So you yeah, sort of baby. averaged out between the two levels, uh, which is not too shabby. Okay. Yeah. Um, Max looks like a fifteen now. Fifteen is uh, not too shabby. Right. Not too shabby indeed, sir. You could take a couple of hits. Well, you're, going in the f- you're going in the front, bro. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. you know, you have to, you know, to take care of the little guys, you know, the, the little people who oh, brought you this far. We'll give people yeah. a little look at uh, his new chart here. So he's looking at level five. So yeah, his um, attack bonus goes up to plus two instead of plus zero, and then uh, looks like all of his saves go down by two, except for spells, which goes down by three, which is pretty sweet. Nice. Um, Most importantly, you get another second level spell. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you don't need a spell book. You just need the favor of your God. Just that's right. Uh, I just you know I just I just pray. I I I drink a little bit. I party a yeah. little bit, and I ask my God, what what should I cast today? And He tells me. One thing that we I don't think, actually think about a lot with clerics too is um, if you look down there at that turning the undead table, that has also yeah. advances. Um, right, like yeah, yeah looking forward actually, to that. I was actually just going to mention that he like auto destroys first and second hit die creatures. Yeah, and then auto turns second, second and third. Yeah. Oh, second hit die with like a special ability. So the big thing is, is that yeah, he can destroy second level hit two hit die creatures, and he can turn now, um, hit uh, three hit die creatures, which is great. So you so you, mm-hmm. you automatically destroy skeletons, right? Can you can you do that while it's still inside of somebody? Because that would be handy. <laughs> <laughs> That's thinking outside uh, the we box. Can, we can try it. You know. <laughs> I think it's, I think you should pray for that power. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a cool party trick. <laughs> hey, he be a goblin. Yeah, and you have a chance to turn uh, six hit die creatures, although it's very, nice. very, awesome. very, very. Let's slim. avoid those though. Yeah. Like not. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably no. a bad yeah, idea. Okay. okay, good. And someday, maybe you'll have the chance to turn the thing that killed Osric. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what hey. happens. <laughs> Poor Osric. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys. Well, I really like that character too, man. He was good. He was great. Yeah, you guys stepped in some doo doo though. Really early on in the campaign. <laughs> Uh, okay. For those of you that don't know, we wandered into a very beginning area on the dungeon. There are no beginning areas, and came yeah. up with a named undead wraith, <laughs> yeah, a giant stone good. golem. Yep. It, it, was, it, it, it was, was actually brilliant play that only led to one character death. To be honest. Anyway, fair to say, but it was a disappointing start to Ardenville. I gotta say, <laughs> I'm just saying, props to you guys, a lesser player group. It was not as steeped in OSR as you are. Uh, would have it would have been a TPK easily, as you yeah. as you know. Okay, so right. um, let's get back to it. So I'm basically going to leave it up to. Oh, um, first thing, I can't remember. I could, I was rewatching the episode. I don't think you actually told me that you spent a night. Like this is all during the first day, right? Yes, yeah, we just day. made it through the first day. I think, I think based on what you said about how long it would take to remove the curses, etc., it is now evening. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so and that's the tenth of Lagarios, or is it the eleventh? Um, it's the tenth. It's the evening of the tenth of Lagarios. So I would say now, like it's been an exhausting day. You spent the whole day traveling back to town, and then you were busy, busy, busy the entire day, going hither and yon. 
Um, the exhaustion of the rituals that were taking place on you also fatigued you a lot. So I would rule that you can certainly, I'm not going to stop you from going to sleep, but if you stay up, I'm going to apply penalties because you're so tired. Um, uh, otherwise you can just go to bed and, and, um, get a fresh start in the new day. So up to you. If you, if you have nefarious activities that you must address at night, then let's go to it. I'm just saying like, you're really beat. No, I, no. I, I agree. Um, Besides, uh, that helps us kind of keep an eye on uh, Dalton's darlings, right? Because we're sharing a room with them or a suite or whatever. Yeah. Well, that was the one thing. So we're going back to the really fancy inn that we got access right. to, right? And we offered to put them up, right? Right. So I don't know how much it's going to cost us, but if they have the rooms for it, we're going to just go ahead and put Yost in, in a room with, like, me. Like, we'll share rooms, right? Just so, to kind of isolate him a little bit, right? Like for doing doubles. So here's a deal. The like, so the the deal you made with Eusebia, however, mm-hmm. she's giving you a deal on the on one of the suites at the Stunned Acolyte, which is pretty sweet. But the 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 um, innkeepers are have been given your descriptions and basically said like no one else but you is allowed to have that deal. I see. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we can still pay full price, right? You can yeah, pay we'll full pay price. For- yeah, I'm just saying like you can't, yeah. but you like Yost cannot share your room. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, we would like to um, put them up. How many people does the suite sleep? Uh, I, like it doesn't know, but it's like a suite, so I just assume like a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. So okay. if you want to put up Dalton's darlings, you could do that. Um, which okay. is another suite. They would be, they would be very pleased. Obviously. Um, let's see. So. So for a regular. Um, Yeah, so they have they have single rooms, and then they have suites. So you could you could do, bed down all of the darlings uh, in a suite, and they go for um, uh, fifteen gold per night. Very expensive. I have. Our I have deal, a little... sorry, sorry, Matt. Uh, our deal is for what half of that, or, or... yours is actually really good. Uh, or gold it. or something like that. Yeah, I got it right here. Hold on a second. It's um, uh, you you have a special deal: three GP per night. Um, and if you have mounts, it only costs you one silver piece to stable them outside of town at uh, Sikion's livestock uh, enclosure. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I have an idea. You know what? You know, we are we are pals with Yos now. He's our, you know, I mean, we like all these other guys too. I think tonight, um, you know, we get some drinks, we buddy up. And I think that... Uh, one of us, you know, whoever Yost seems to take a liking to, um, should just get really drunk with him, crash in his room with him. Mm-hmm. Like if he if he can't stay in our suite, you know, you know, buddies, you know, they crash together all the time. You know, you're a little drunk, you don't want to go too far. That's fine. I'm just we uh... can't do all that. I'm not arguing and saying we can't. I I am going to say though. I know David's been really keen to prevent Yost from talking to Helios about about the spaceship and this kind of thing, and we've got some secrets and stuff. I I, I don't think we're going to really keep it away from him. At some point, someone's going to ask, someone's going to blab. Yost gets drunk and starts, "Hey, did you know I've been to a spaceship? It was cool, you know." And we're like, oh, you know. Uh, my only thing, my only proviso was that is that David had plans for like i i don't think you should make a group decision with that without david's input is my only thing right. david was so yeah, intent let's, on 
on working that out. It like was, he, like he's, it was, it was you know, his main thing. Yeah. And I know. Think, I know. He's, he's even thinking about I, killing Heliogabalus, like straight up. Yeah. I, do, I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying, to like, you know, as far as like trying to come up with clever plans about separating Yost while we go get drunk kind of thing, I don't think we should sweat it too much because. Oh, no. I mean, just, I, also... I think it's easy enough to just like when the night's over, just like have somebody crash in his room and that kind of addresses. You know, uh, David's concern, and we're trying to. You could totally you know. do that, yeah. Um, okay. But, but okay. the question, what I'm asking so you though, is: Are you going to buy them a suite, or are you going to buy them single rooms? That's what I need to know. Uh, let's so do single I would rooms. actually think that I would actually think that doing a suite would actually prevent Helioglobulus from isolating Yost and getting him to talk. Yost seems like he seems a little bit more resilient to Helioglobulus. I'm not, I know I'm murdering that dude's name. When there's <laughs> other people around, when there's other people around, it was when. It was when he one on one him that he kind of seemed like he was about ready to spill the beans. I agree. So I would say get him a suite. I would say, and John, does our suite contain our uh, NPC potential like party members, or no? Oh, uh, that's a good question. That's up to you, actually. They, they, no, they, they are not your party members, so they do not get the bonus. So okay. if you want to give the so, darlings the suite, then the your NPCs would have to get single rooms if you were willing to provide them. Otherwise, they'll just go on. They'll go out in the town and find their own rooms. They don't. They don't. I think care. they should find their own thing because we just gave them thousands of gold pieces. And, you know, right. I mean, yeah, they are all sitting pretty. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not um, butthurt about that. They're, they're they're cool with it. No, but how about <laughs> this though? How about we all have a dinner on us at the really nice inn? Okay. Oh yeah, everybody. Yeah, I think that's a good. Just idea. a big like collection of all of you guys. Yep. Yeah. Big family style dinner, man. Meeting of the minds, uh, potentially with a, in a private room if we can, so that we can actually talk to um, Dalton mm-hmm. and formulate our plans for the return to Arden Vool. Okay. Um, one thing that we had pitched, and I don't know if this got brought up in the last session or not, but one thing that we had pitched was um, uh, the order in which things that we are going to go and do when we go back to Arden Vool. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we need to finalize here tonight. But I think that what we kind of settled on is gather the big group, take care of the halflings, set that up as a forward base for us, and then hit Plunger Town and go retrieve spellbooks. Um, and, potentially that, and potentially that giant ruby-ass throne, which really, really, really would be a giant coup for us monetarily. Right. And there's a magic spirit hidden in that tomb that we never retrieved because yeah, we, we didn't we really get that. How do we know yeah. that's magic? Everyone keeps saying that, but did we know that? I mean, it, it looked it looked really magic, and now I got the spell to do it. The only like the only difference to what you uh, from what I was thinking to what you said, Mike, was um, we have that unexplored that really deep uh, uh, entrance that nobody else knows about, at least nobody else had known about, right? That we discovered, and we it was the, yeah. the thing we found right before Plunger Town happened. Mm-hmm. And that can be just, can be our forward base also, right? Like, that could be another option. Mm-hmm. What I've been thinking about, which I thought might be cool, like, get set Dalton's Darlings up in the old halfling place, so they have to deal with the goblins fighting right. and stuff, which keeps yeah. them busy. And we we go also know where them. they are, and mm-hmm. we get our other other thing. Yeah, right? I love that idea. And then the only other addendum, sorry, Ted, let me just finish my thought here. Um, the only other addendum to that is is that Plunger Town's got to be at the top. Otherwise, we're going to lose Tressie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, oh, yeah, so, and, yeah, and I was arguing that that we, we that what Matt was saying on our Discord. That's what I was arguing about. Was I think we should do that because frankly, Mort doesn't care about the spellbook so much, but he gets that. Other people do. So 
I think if it weren't for those, I would not feel compelled to go back to Plunger Town right away. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, yeah. And remember, like Onweir's spellbook is there too. Yes. Yeah, no, I know. He's yeah. he's really hobbled without that. So, so it's kind of a and, and there's that. Yeah, there's that. And then also just the fact that um, right now, until we actually tackle the spaceship, I feel like we kind of got to keep the band together as far as the NPCs go, because they're all in on the secret. You know, that makes if, sense. If we weren't going to bypass the spaceship or ignore the spaceship or um, uh, whatever, then it wouldn't matter if we keep these NPCs happy and keep them with us. But for now, it's kind of like in our best interest not to have loose lips wandering all over Gosterwick being like, okay. hey, you guys want to go see a dead body? You know, like <laughs> we don't want that. So um, so let's okay. keep them together. So like kind of order is deal with the halflings because they got to go. They got to go. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to wear their asses as hats. And then and then Plunger Town. And then spaceship bill. Okay, can we cool. make boots out of their feet? Yeah, yeah yes. cool. Oh, so, it'd be like a little hairy on top. Uh, don't forget no. that if you're if Plunger Town is in the near future, then um, you've locked Tresty in. Um, mm -hmm. And then as well, uh, don't forget that you had made mention of doing some research here in downtime on Isocritus. Yep. Um, so mm -hmm. if, if Isocritus is still a goal in Plunger Town, mm -hmm. um, you have that option to seek out if there's any sort of um, information. You do know that there was information up on the ruined city about Isocritus right. appearing, mm -hmm. remember? So I hope yeah, hope you noted well, that. We need, uh, a, we need a week for, for Avaricius to train. And whether yeah. if, if Niall's doing the training, it doesn't really matter whether we do it part here in Gosterick and part back up top, right? We could... We could go back up and, and be topside, kind of looking around and still training, or it, it, mm, yeah, but you would have to it like mark it. Week, you would really need to mark out that time. Day. Like you can't do it while you're adventuring. Like it would have to be right. like in a safe space where you have a training ground to like you know do that sort of stuff. You can't so it's just, like an all day eight a, hours yeah. of training thing. Yeah. I only oh, I only made it a week with the assumption that it was like literally like an all day like. Uh, okay. Left-handed right. camp. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, um, nice. Great Ned Flanders. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I so think what? in order for the session tonight, what we should do is we should do the dinner with the darlings, right? We told them that we would also investigate why they're wanted by those uh, knights. Yep. We can isolate yeah. them while we figure that out, too. Um, and then I need to incorporate our adventuring party so that we don't lose the benefit of the elevator hand if we all die. And that we, you know, hopefully can still keep the the thing with the end too, right? Um, right. Okay. So. So by yeah. Okay. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Let's, let's just let's just move through it. Like we'll just we'll just do it one step at a time here. Okay. So first of all, money exp money expenditures for the for the inn. Okay. All yeah. Right, so, uh, so fourteen Ted, for the suite, right? Ted, are you marking it off? I am. Okay. So first of all, it's three for you. Yes, I got that. Okay. It's going to be fifteen for the darlings for their suite. 15. Okay. I thought you said 14. Okay. And then, Got it. Um, and then you have your choice of a meal. There is a, a simple meal for one person is one GP, but you can get a, a full sampling of the gifted chef Tador's genius, which is well known throughout the land, as, even as far as the great city of Narcelian. Um, uh, that, if you want to top it out and like go full bore, um, it's 15 gold per person. For So how many people are we talking? There's four of us. Plus uh, Nile, four, Sam, for yeah, Trusty, yeah, and then Dalton, Yost, Helio. One, two, two three, more people. Four, five, six. There's six darlings. So 
So it's all told there's 14 12. of us. There's 14 of us? Oh, yeah, yeah, 14. No. Four of us. Three NPCs. Yeah, it's 13. So it's 13. Oh, 13. Yeah. Okay. 13. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I have I have prayed on this. I prayed on this, and Lysion is like, dude, you made it out. Party up, man. Everybody. Yeah. Live it yeah. up. You're alive. Yes, absolutely. You said it was 15 per person? 15 per person. All right, so, so that's 195 gold. All right, that is a that is an expensive meal. I don't actually think I've ever seen a, a more expensive meal in all my years of playing D anD. d That <laughs> that's uh. Hey, did you see the place we just came out of? It's it's worth it. Yeah, we so, live. <laughs> so when Mort comes down and basically tells the in, uh, the uh, the owner and the innkeeper owner and innkeeper whose name is uh, Ulf Varion, uh, when he when he tells Ulf that he wants the full spread and. Uh, and um, Ulf is sort of like, wow, that's that's going to fill you up. It's going to be great. But Tador is back there in the kitchen right now. Then you're like, I'll take it for 13 people. <laughs> and they roll out the red carpet, man. It's like you get like the private room, you know, like the long table, like all the decorations. Like this is like the like when visiting royalty from the Arcantian Empire come to Gostawick, which is very, very rare. This is like where they would dine and how they would dine. So you have like the full spread with like footmen and everything, you know. Um, do we uh, do we dine in the Roman style where everyone's kind of lying down? Oh, yeah. Why not? Right. Sweet. Got to recall. Oh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm ordering the souffle so that I know that takes longer. And you have to ask for that ahead of time. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I want I'm the, glad you I want told me that. Play. Thinking ahead once again. Oh, see, so, yeah, yeah. it's these things. <laughs> you know, like, Ray, I get the answer. Uh, so okay, yeah, uh, Dalton, despite his um his cultured at uh, his cultured airs, you can see like, a, like when he is invited down to dinner that he is just absolutely like his jaw drops when he says what you guys are offering <laughs> and he's like well i can see that we we came out with a little bit more money than i thought you did I, this I, my friend this is why we adventure indeed i could not agree more as he's like snags like a, a goblet of wine from a from a servant um and every all we count this is carousing <laughs> yeah uh, this is this is controlled carousing so there's no there's controlled no carousing no, no actual mishaps uh that's an oxymoron there i don't know <laughs> but um they all of the darlings that even even heliogabalus um uh is pretty pretty stunned by the generosity and they uh everyone is, just starts to have a great time and um heliogabalus like lays lays off a of yost and yost is already drunk so he he all of his paranoia is, disappears as well and um everyone's just having a great time and exchanging stories and it's very much like um a scene from conan right everyone's just sort of enjoying the spoils oh yes um, i pass out in my mush yeah so if they're uh you know as the libations flow and uh, the lips are loosened um you are more than welcome to ply dalton and in, in anyone else in the band uh for what what you'd like to know or make a deal with or whatever well, I'm I'm curious about something, Dalton. I mean, first of all, your glass is empty, and this is a sin. <laughs> so, he, he pulls it. Uh, all right, what? now that you're fixed, uh -huh. um, I've got to know something because I'm really curious. I hate those little bastards who who guard the entrance down there, and oh, oh. I'm just really curious. When when we were leaving. And, you know, we fought the dust monster and everything. You saw that guy, right? We did, indeed. A fearsome beast. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we kicked it. Us. Whatever but it was. After, afterwards, we, um, uh, you know, on our way out, we were following your footsteps most of the way, but then we split off and we found our own way out. But um, you get out. Did you 
have to go through the halflings, or did you find another way out? You can uh, tell your old buddy. There it is. I was wondering when that was going to be asked of me. You're a clever man, Aversios. Well, ah, well, you know. Well, as, as you well know, the entrances and the exits uh, into and out of the halls are closely guarded secrets except for the pyramid. And uh, we happen to have stumbled upon one. Um, and uh, as he sort of... Ooh. As he sort of drinks a little bit... that. He's like... Um, this is actually a good opportune moment, I'd say, to ally ourselves for mutual exchange of information. Uh, well, not exchange of information. I give you information in return. You'll help us with our little halfling problem. Ooh, they do none okay. of us in the adventuring class any good. I speak for all of those out there who stumble upon them. Yes, Mr. I, Blackwood. I slam my tanker down on the, on the <laughs> table and go... Those halflings have to die. I've sworn a dwarven oath of vengeance upon Plumthorn, and I shall wear his ass as a hat. And then I belch and go back to eating. So is it's it true? Is, he has. Isidore is like the is like the halfling thief that's in the party. He's sort of like just sort of fading into the background, He's like, <laughs> <laughs> away from the dwarf. Um, but um, uh, all the rest of them cheer you like they're they're totally with you as well like no one likes them like um and uh they they definitely would they worry um they fear mostly the uh the magic user that is with them the ma the one the man named blonde vague um based upon what they saw whenever they were dealing them dealing with them in Plumthorne's private chambers um they're pretty convinced that blonde vague is um concocting some sort of uh, alchemy of some sort, some devastating sort of alchemy, and the, and they're convinced that that is what is the root of their power, or the root of their wealth, and why they're there. But they have not figured out exactly what that is. When he, when Dalton tells you that, when the darlings basically relate this to you amongst themselves, but um, that sort of triggers that memory. Um, you may have had like the, I think it was the second time you delved down into the debouchement where a goblin came stumbling out and was like grasping his throat, right, and then died horribly yeah. in front of you. So, mm -hmm. um, been torturing him, we thought, but but point thought maybe with a potion or something. Summing up, like the the darlings, they completely agree with you. They also don't think that they can take the halflings by themselves. They want allies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you it, so, Dalton tells you if you're willing to help us with uh, Monsieur Plumthorn, I would be uh, happy to divulge the exit that we found in the ruined city. I can't I mean, say we that were... it was exactly devoid of threats, but seemed we we were able to handle it without much fuss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that is uh, an equitable arrangement, sir. It mm. is uh, very much in line with what, what we were thinking. We hate those little guys, and um, you know we're very impressed with what you've been able to do. We're curious about this Blondvig uh, guy and what he's up to. Um, Depends on what kind of information you want. If you just want the wholesale slaughter of the entire gang, I'm with you as well. That blonde vague gentleman, you never know. He might have interesting information. Uh, I think we could possibly be induced to torture him a bit for information before finally slitting his throat, but uh, <laughs> I'm open to other options. Ah, a goblin. Chances are, if he's as learned as you say, he's probably less emotionally attached to the rest of the gang. And we probably can, by weakening them enough and, and putting him in a position where it's not worth his trouble, get him to abandon the, the halflings in, entirely. 
Precisely my thinking, Master Blackhood. It is strange, I'm sure that you've noticed, that he is the lone human amongst a halfling gang. So it's obvious to me that they have uh, brought him on, or he has chosen willingly to join them uh, for something that they offer, or perhaps something that he offers them. Well, I so know the ability to reach the top shelf of the... Uh, <laughs> or that, yes, the top shelf. <laughs> can, I, can I go over my little plan that we talked about on Discord, and then you know we'll see what Plumthorne has to say? Where I want to hire like a mercenary band heavily armored, tower shields, et cetera, et cetera, to pen them into their area with the portcullis. And then I think we should have a second band, and I tell them about the the rough-hewn, badly stocked, or, you know, um, the badly constructed wall on the side. Mm. And while we're occupying them in the debouche room, and hopefully whittling down their numbers, if we can catch them outside the room, um, a group of guys with heavy crossbows can probably a herd on him, you know? Alas, it's a movement. Dalton and then we of... send a second group around to destroy the, the, the rock wall and enter in from there as well. Do you not feel that uh, we could not handle it between the ten of us? Is this not a job that the that the two bands could handle? I only, I only mention it because, of course, we have strength in numbers, uh, uh, but the more people we have, the... the the more we disturb the the fragile ecosystem of Ardenbull, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Well, do, do you know how many, uh, how large their band is at any given time? I don't, actually. In fact, I don't even know what the bounds of their territory are. They they are in discrete chambers. You, probably, you may have noticed, if you were able to peer mm-hmm. through their portcullis, that they, they never take you on a tour. They take you into one room or another where there's sort of, there may be a few of them there. I myself could probably say I've seen five different halflings, five unique can halflings. We get that, can we get that map up on uh, Albert? Uh, the map of I what exactly? We've probably seen as many as the, the map of the debouche room. Map of the debouche, indeed. Um, <laughs> while we're doing that, I'm going to go tuck in a kid, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Actually, why don't we just take a quick break? Because I could, I need to go do something as well. We'll take a quick break, and we will be right back. Cool. Thank you. I'm in the middle of my stuff, man. Okay, everybody, we're back. Um, Sorry about that. So let me switch over to Albert. Right. They had asked so, to see their map of level, th- uh, ooh, um, <laughs> the, the debouche level. So, so Mike, I, I was talking to John about this, and I'm proposing that we actually like get out the map, fold it in half so we only are seeing the parts that we know the Daltons know about, Right. Mm-hmm. lay it down on the table, and maybe they can fill in some blanks for us. Yeah, like maybe they've been to other rooms in the halfling lair yeah. that we haven't. Right. We don't need to so, talk about the plunger room or the the sort of, you know, the the that right. that circle of tombs and then the swamp room. That's fine. So they you can fold it in half and you basically move some plates out of the way and you lay it out exactly. on the table and they're like, oh, right. nice. Um, now I they, will tell you that David already told them about the tentacle room. He mentioned it, um, but I don't need to tell them where it is. Right. right, but Helioglobius right. and him had a full-on conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's so just basically you're showing them like um, the debouche and everything to the east of it. Correct. Um, and uh, they are intrigued. Like the, the all six of them sort of like crowd them around the map. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm okay. And they, especially the the far eastern end of things, um, they can also verify. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that because you basically were following their path there. Right. Um, so. 
uh, yeah, when you ask about the halflings, so they were in only one room. So they were basically, if you follow my pointer here, they were fall. They went through the portcullis. They were brought into the port through the portcullis like you, yeah. but instead of being mm -hmm. brought down to this room where they were explaining the sort of the goblin incursion, mm -hmm. yeah. they were brought into this room. Um, and I will describe the that sarcophagus. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh right, of oh. course, because they crossed the chasm from there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that room, uh, if it. it uh, uh, is going to be uh, 30 feet east to west and 50 feet north to south. And it is a rectangle. Um, I'm going to do this in a different color to indicate that we haven't actually been there. Yeah, that green okay. is very light colored, though. Yeah, is it? Okay. Um, so they mentioned that they that seem, this seemed to be like like Plumthorne's main hangout. That's the vibe that they got, although they don't have any other rooms to compare it to. But this is sort of like where it looked like they they, they dealt with, you know, like they, they, they made plans and things like that. Um, and in the center of the room, they remember clearly that there were three stone sarcophagi that were long, like broken open and looted. And they, the Dalton assumes by the halflings themselves. Uh, excuse me. Um, I see and uh, what's interesting about, uh, other than the, the sarcophagi, is that the far northeastern corridor, uh, the far, far northeastern corner, um, was broken away and had fallen into the open chasm, creating a an actual view of the open chasm. That is where, um, and then a, um, a temporary barricade was erected, and that is where you guys had your conversation with Plumthorn from across the camp. So where I drew the line is not quite accurate. Uh, no, where, where you were drawing the line was just sort of drawing to to that room in general. Okay. But you were having actually having so, the conversation um, with them in the northeastern corner. Northeastern corner. Something. Oh, oh wait. I want to do this. Something like. Yep. That. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that's the only room they were in. Three so, sarcophaguses, but that's where Plumthorn hangs out? Yeah, so that's what, it appears to be like where both Roz Kelly and Plumthorn uh, lived or, or worked or something like that. So they, they had erected a three-foot-tall parapet of debris, um, which that's why you only saw like only part of them with your infravision Gorn, right? Um, and uh, there's also some store. There were some stores there. They remembered that there was two large casks uh, there. Um, they actually had several sides of like curing meat. They looked to be like deer sides that were actually in there as well. Um, a whole bunch of bags. Some of them were open. They uh, Dalton remembers seeing that there are a couple of turnips and apples and potatoes were like spilling out of them. Um, and uh, yeah, that basically seems to be it. Um, oh, oh no, this is actually key. There was. Um, there was a wooden chest there with iron straps that caught all of the Dalton's eyes that was sort of tucked away into a corner. Mm. Well, that's where they've been storing all of the stuff they steal from us. Those swine. It was quite large. Okay. Um, is he, so is he willing to now show us on this map the route that they took? Uh, he wants to get a firm plan first before he's going okay. to divulge anything. Basically, we need you need Fair to. Like, uh, so, 
they want uh this is what this is what he's he's saying that he wants basically it's like he's not just going to put his men and himself at risk um uh, just to get rid of them like he he wants to make sure that he gets something out of it as well right right oh yeah we'll, so, we'll have to figure out what to do with the loot of the stuff that they stole from us uh well for one thing he wants the contents of that chest is he, exclusively he, mm-hmm. he wants the contents of that chest and he also um if they determine that Blondveg is actually concocting some sort of um alchemical uh solution or something like that whatever whatever thing he's making in there dalton wants to have first dibs on on like he's not saying he's going to take it all but he definitely wants like the group's fair share of that and he wants to be able to pick what he wants first what the, what about this? Uh, go ahead, Ted. Well, I was going to say counterpoint. Um, we, uh, as far as that wooden chest is concerned, you know, we found a lot of stuff with one of your guys here, and he got his fair share of what we found. We did not keep everything exclusively. Uh, I think Ghost, uh, you might be the richest of the entire darlings. I didn't realize that. Uh, so I think. Uh, um, you know, first choice, second choice, back and forth. You know, that might be a way we could approach this. Uh, but I think at least as far as coin goes, we should uh, uh, split things. You know, all all interested parties. Everyone's there is uh, taking a piece of it. Everyone's incurring the risk the same. You know, your personal exit that you've determined from the. Uh, the dungeon that's that's another matter that you that is your exclusive territory as it were um but as far as the 10 of us walking or 13 of us i guess walking into a room and and fighting halflings everybody incurs the same risk i understand the thing is i won't it's not necessary for me to take the risk at all you see it's only my personal hatred for the halflings that is well likewise really uh but i have i have my own interests i don't need i don't i don't have to pay the tax well, here, here's something that I was thinking, and, you know, forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn. It's just an idea I had in myself. You know, those halflings had a pretty good business there, right? I mean, they were assholes. Yes, this is true. But, the, you know, they had a pretty good business model. Adventurers come in. They pay a little something. They, they give did. a little tithe. Very what canny. If, what if? Because I, I don't think it is right for us. What What if that... What if you were to take over that that little business operation? What if, you know, instead of just one chest of coin, you know, we split that like anybody would, you know, as you as you find things, you split it up. But but you and your darlings, this could be a base of operations. You could have that business. Um, you know, maybe we could just get a you know a free pass. Um, you know, going forward, that would make us happy. He holds his then goblet you back. Have the- he holds his goblet back to be refilled by a servant as he kind of puts like a finger on his lips, and you see like like a uh, on both in both ears, Yvette, who is the the cleric of Debelaton, and then Helio Gavilus, both are sort of whispering to him as he's just sort of like reclining back on his pillows, sort of just thinking, you know, you're like now that <laughs> is an interesting proposition. He says, mm, I mean. Yeah, I suppose uh, we would be more inclined to forego the contents of the chest if it meant that, that we had free passage through through the area. 
Oh, no, 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 that's not what I said, my friend. That's the wine. No, that's not what he's saying at all. We split that, and then we give him, we're giving him the future. We're, ta we're taking our share of the present and the past, ah, mm. whatever, but he can have the future. That is the unopened, that is the bottomless chest. That is Ardenvul, my friend. Mm. That is what you want. I like this a great deal. Be provide us a foothold to do further explorations while all of the time accepting this passive income from other adventurers. I'm not above it. I kind of like it. Mm. My... Uh, one reservation is I know that the Plumthorne gang has some sort of relationship with Kronos and Estelle back at the end of the Broken Head. Should that be disrupted, I'd be very... It'd be, it'd be quite a shame should we lose our relationship with the Broken Head. They are a, a bastion of safety in a very dangerous area. I would you don't... Kronos is a businessman, and mm -hmm. businesses change. As long as he uh, gets you know, continued operation, whatever it is, he'll be happy. What you know, they, that they make they make those you know under new management signs for a reason. We can get one here in Gosterwick made for you. We have a bunch of capable people here, but I I worry that the uh, that the, the the ability to produce whatever it is that Blanvag is producing will beyond will be beyond our ken. We can certainly, yeah, it's a it's a problem. I'm not sure. It, it would be dependent upon us seeing what exactly what is going on down there. I suppose. Well, you know, I, I had a thought on that also. I mean, I wonder, you know, Blondweg, if he's doing anything, if he's a you know, well-educated magic guy, he's got to have some ties here. There's got to be something that he either comes here for or people who know him from here. Nobody just you know, sprouts up like a mushroom inside Arden Wool. They, they come through Gosterwick and they make their way there. Somebody here has to know him his background, what he might be looking for. Possibly. I mean, he, would, he would do research before going there, right? And there's a few places where that can happen. We should look into this. I like it so far. All right, so let's, let's hammer it out. Should we agree to this to help you with the halflings? The Dalton's darlings would then take over the operation and their controlled territory, while at the same time providing you free access to the debouchement on that level. And, uh, except for, of course, our claimed territory, which would be the ex which would be the halflings, correct? And then we would also share the contents of any treasure that we find in the halflings' territory before the darlings take over. Am I understanding this correctly? Yes. I think and so. I would say that although you have incredible arcane scholars at your disposal, we ourselves also do. So I would suggest a meeting of the minds, uh, as it were, to unravel the mysteries of uh, Blondevik's research. I would like nothing more, says Heliogabalus as he looks over at Hanweir with a knowing look. He's already made like a couple of overtures to like talk to Hanweir in private about such matters. <clears throat> um, I'm sure Hanweir probably also would agree. <laughs> don't yeah, want to speak for him. I don't think David, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my mental acuity here to, to predict what David would want. Is it evil? Is it chaotic? Will it cause chaos? Will it cause us problems somewhere down the line? Yes, yes, yes. He's Done. in. Right. Done. All right. Uh, so the um, so he basically turns over the door. He says, "Like, what say you folks? Are we in on this venture?" And they're all like, "Yeah." Um. So, uh, so they're like, "Let's drink to it, uh, a new venture." Um. And 
they they scorn the notion of like actually having like a written contract but they 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 dalton claims like um uh agreements like this set over like such a fine meal are basically binding right um so mm -hmm. it's a it's official now right like you're in business with these guys are the terms clear i just want to make with you players are the terms clear Yes. And I would just like to get a little bit better read on why he doesn't want like a big group of mercenaries going down well, there that, to you. That's his that's, next. That, that's what he actually bring up next. Too, so, yeah. So he's of the mind that uh, he's perfectly willing to admit that he does not know how many halflings there are. Based on what he's seen, he doesn't think there's that many. Um, and he thinks that the 10 of us, the 10 of all of us could handle it. Um, but he does like your plan, which is much more of like a, a military strategy right with multiple fronts and stuff like that um and the the thought of it of like like coming in full force but really you know sneakily you know what i mean like like multiple different fronts and all that kind of stuff is very appealing to him so he yeah. brings he says to you he's like um so tell me more about these mercenaries you have in mind exactly what sort of men and women are we talking about here all right uh mm. if i can find dwarves because they're perfect for this kind of work. I will absolutely try and find them. However, my idea was uh, 20 mercenaries total, 10 with tower shields, heavily armored, 10 with uh, uh, heavy crossbows behind them. We form a circular ring around the portcullis uh, chamber for them, penning them in, perhaps bringing a winch on a, on a large iron chain to haul that portcullis down. Although if that's going to be your new territory, maybe you don't want us destroying their uh, defenses. Um, possibly a couple large casts of oil rolled down the hallway and set on fire. Uh, any halflings that come out to meet us will meet the fury of the crossbowmen. Uh, and while their eyes are on us, uh, your detachment or whoever's detachment, whoever decides to go, can circle around to this room with this poorly constructed wall uh, and enter the base from there. And we're talking about uh, here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I actually thought it was in the spider room. It is. It is. It doesn't, yeah, that's it the spider room. This is the yeah. a little red, red bit there. Gotcha. Zoom in on it. Um, and, uh, and that and was Dalton, the, if, yeah. the bricked in door that we found. Yeah. Yep, right here. Uh, Dalton, you know, if, if you have. Um, uh, well, if you, I know you do. You have you have an entrance that the halflings are not unaware of. That's the team goes through that entrance to go through that back door. They're all occupied. They're busy with the people in the uh, the main room. The second contingent goes through your entrance, goes through this brick wall, and they're surrounded. So strike force, not bringing in of the hired mercenaries. You're saying? No, I don't think the mercenaries need to enter the base. They just need to tie it, pin down the halflings. That's what um, I like. All right. The port colors. Two obvious problems I see right now is that this entire area here is unmapped. Yes. yes. We don't know. We, true. we can make assumptions, probably likely true, but we don't know. So uh, I assume that you're saying that because of our our escape route that we found, that you're asking us, the darlings, to, to come to this back room via that entrance. I would, I would, I would argue that the mercenaries who we don't expect to enter through the portcullis and are at that spot and everyone else comes the other way it's a it's a strong strike force yeah we use the you we use the the hired help as the main distraction in that debush room and we all sneak around the back 
I see. Probably at least one or two of us need to be with the mercenary group so that Plumthorne knows that it's us and that we've come for revenge, right? Take us a little bit more seriously. Um, would be my thought. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to stay with the mercenary group. The, the, I mean, other, the other issue, of course, as you know, uh, Master Blackhood, is that dwarves are uh, extremely... Uh, are, are, are not well known in, in Gostwick. They... There are very few of them in town. Castledor, the, the nearest dwarf home, is many, many miles to the west. I don't know if you come from there or not, but uh, they so rarely leave their mountain fastnesses. To find an actual mercenary team of dwarves would probably require going all the way to Castledor. Certainly, or not at least looking, you know, lowering your eyeline oh. down. Maybe they're all around us, and you don't even know. <laughs> Consider the many advantages of a band of goblins. <laughs> goblins, goblins would work too. Yeah. Yes. Still, I can see in the dark. I don't know if you've noticed, but this isn't, isn't your typical fantasy realm where there's just <laughs> an, an, an equal number of strange beings just wandering around <laughs> as humans. But uh, no, Gosterwick is uh, heavily, heavily weighted towards us lowly humans. Um, and well, obviously, it will take what we can get. Um, now that, that did originally move. Oh, OK. I'm, I'm sorry, Master Gordon, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this is a town that attracts adventurers. That is the one thing that most towns do not have, but which Gostwick has in abundance, which is adventurers. It may behoove you, or uh, I could also help you in this endeavor to perhaps see if there is a band of adventuring dwarves. That might be something, but it wouldn't be a lot of troops. They wouldn't be mercenaries per se, but there is a, I have seen a number of dwarves attached to adventuring bands and some that are in small tight units as well. I think, uh, my suspicion is, is that there's something in Ardenvul that the dwarves of Castledor are looking for. Ooh. Which is the reason what why there there, there there are more here than you would find in most other places in the in Bird of the point, can... I kind of lean back and I kind of like, you know, uh, keep myself to myself and be like, well, I, I can't possibly know what that would be. Uh, you, you Gorn, uh, don't. I know I don't. I, yeah, I know I, I know. don't, John. No, I would tell I'm, I'm I would just tell playing, you. you I'm playing the part. I'm gotcha, playing gotcha. the part of no. I thought you're an older I, race that has more knowledge than these, you know, dirty humans. Gotcha. I thought you were prompting me to let you know if there was something. Yeah. Um, you have heard no rumors about that, um, no. but uh, about what they may be seeking or not seeking or whatever. But um, what he says about Casador is very, very true, though. They are um, uh, ins extremely insular. And you're you're from there, Gorn. So you know that most of their the reason that they are so insular is because they are fighting what they call the endless war, which is a war in the underground fascists of Casador against doppelgangers, actually, which um, is the reason why the dwarves of Casador specifically are so paranoid all the time and so unwilling to show their true face to to people, is because the enemy that they're fighting looks like them. They, they can't even trust like their own brother because they don't know if that brother is actually them. You know, it's right. like, if you kind of extrapolate what a war against doppelgangers would look like, you can imagine how horrific it would actually be. Um, oh. And so that is what lends them their, their, what everyone assumes is just sort of like a racial trait, but it's totally not like they've, they've, that, that has been developed in them through all these centuries of this long war that they're fighting underneath there. Um, it also prevents them of course, from actually doing a lot of traveling because they're so involved in that war. Right. But also makes them tough sons of bitches. Tough. 
Um, you also know that Dalton knows something about dwarves because he immediately pegs you as a clanless dwarf because of your last name, which is not a stone name. Right. Uh, the clan, the the clan hierarchy, like the the higher echelon of dwarven society, always has like um, a stone for their clan name. You do not. Right. Bastards. Poor bastard. I'm sorry. I know. I know, man. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna make my own plan. <laughs> we'll get you a name, my friend. We will get you one. Don't worry. Cool. Um, uh, so anyway, but 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 yeah. So I, I still want to have enough people in that debouche room, and and adventurers is fine. But my only concern about an adventurer versus a mercenary band is that adventurers are going to want equal shares, probably. A or mercenary, I can be like. Or a something mercenary, in trade. I can be like, right. Mercenary, I can be like, you're making ten gold today. This is your job shoot arrows at those halflings right like it's like a per diem kind of thing and i can give them a bonus on top of that if the if the treasurer merits it but i mean we're talking like a day to get there a day to fight a day to come back right and i don't know what the cost is for mercenaries offhand but right um well that's it basically it comes down to a decision it's either you get mercenaries who are human mm-hmm or you have the chance, if, if you're set on having dwarves, which I do readily admit would be very, very capable within the halls, um, then you're looking at a tight band, um, if at all. You would, Once again, I'm not exactly sure if there is a band uh, right. around. Well, I'll try and recruit. I'll, tr- I'll look for dwarves. I, I, I came here from, what was the name of that city again? Castle Door. Castle, <laughs> I, I, w- I traveled here from Castle Door to work with my uncle, and uh, and then that was extremely tedious, so I decided to go try my luck at Arn Cool. So, so I do know some dwarves in town. That's fine. I, I would very much like this. I would like. I think we should get the band of seven dwarves, and we should try to remember all of their names. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the other thing that Dalton is just like since you're since you're feasting there together, he also expresses his concern, although he sort of brushes it off, but you can see it sort of bugging him is that uh, what he heard back at the end of the broken head, that the Knights of the Azure Shield are looking for them, that they're wanted. Um, they're still a little bit worried about that. Like they feel pretty safe here at the Stunned Acolyte, but mm-hmm. um, they are a little bit leery about just sort of wandering about town. Um, ah, the Knights usually I will don't- I and investigate that tomorrow. Yeah, maybe while we're, um, you know, doing our things. Uh, tomorrow, can, you know, sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's a deal. You're gonna you're gonna ally with Dalton's darlings, and they're gonna um, yes. if, if it's if successful, the halflings will be gone. Dalton will step in, um, and uh, so you'll be have... okay with the the second entrance plan. Uh, yes, yeah, that, that's fine. So okay, you guys want to go in through his hidden entrance? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to hear about that now, or do you want to just be like, we'll wait till we're actually doing the mission? Oh, let's see it right now. I mean, we're here. I don't care. We're going to hear a little bit now. Okay. So, um, let's go. I mean, it's a, it's a show of good faith. That's right. Um, let me get the map of the ruined city up here, which he's, he opens up a cruder version of this, which they have made with missing a lot of landmarks, right? Probably similar to something that you have. Um, and let me get my own map here so I correctly say this. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. So, uh, let me get up here. Sorry, one second. Mm-hmm. All right. So he tells you that not too far away from where 
your two paths diverged, like past that dust devil room, right? Um, they found a stairways that led up and they arrived and what they ended up discovering was actually the basement of a, um, of a priest complex, which was directly to the west of the pyramid. Right. Yeah. Oh, that is almost what we found, isn't it? Okay. Um, we were in the one that's just sort of to the next to that, right? You, yeah, you, you were, uh, yeah, right on the northwestern side. You were right, like right here. That stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be buddies. Look at that. <laughs> You'll be neighbors. Um, the way he, he describes the staircase, and it, so it came, it went up from the debouchement level, right, up to the surface, um, appears to be much shallower than the one that you went down right okay uh here i'm talking about right this one where yeah you went, that's our right. yeah where you went down grabbed the imperial field plate and went back up <clears throat> excuse me um and then okay what does he tell you Which about is still wearing right hmm? you still have that yeah i still have that yeah okay um, okay so they said that basically there was um so it is a, it's basically a ruined complex where it looks like there was like a lot of the servitors and low low level priests of Thoth were basically housed in dormitories and stuff like that was what the ruins of this building generally were um uh there is one building that still stands a small one and uh they came up through the basement of that building um and they saw some strange things down there now they were running as fast as they possibly could so they did zero explanation down there in that basement of that building um however uh what did they find here give me a sec da, da, da. one moment sorry no problem i can see where it'd be difficult for the daltons to relive these emotional and traumatic experiences indeed have another drink eat these grapes Okay, so the monkey brains. they said they came they came up in the northern part of this basement and basically they went through a room and went um, basically made a beeline south through a corridor as fast as they possibly could. They heard strange buzzing off to the side of, uh, early on. They didn't investigate. They weren't accosted. Um, but they uh, Dalton tells you that there they did see a set of bare human footprints, definitely human, um, that led to a room where they heard uh, very creepy intermittent sounds of a single person vacillating between laughing and sobbing at the same time. Um, Yvette, the cleric also like confirms that she's like, yes, it was a man. It was the voice of a man gone mad. Someone who cannot control his emotions. She says, mm. so there well, are, so there are people or, or some sort, uh, you know, who knows, corporeal or non, uh, that is is dwelling in that basement. There are probably dangers lurking. However, we did find that the path directly uh, to the exit was a straight line that led to uh, to the spiral staircase that led down to the debouchement. That is where we exited from. Should we not hesitate? Should we be? Should we be down to the debouchement? Yes. We rose up a spiral staircase that led 
to this basement, at which point we exited out of that basement. Oh, okay, I see, I see, right. So basically when they, when, when our paths diverged, they essentially took a straight line to a spiral staircase and went up. Yes. They saw a bunch of shit or heard a bunch of shit, but they didn't interact with any of it. They just went straight and up. Indeed, yes. We, yeah, okay. we exited out of a wide staircase that led up to the ruins on the surface. Um, that that staircase within a very large chamber with many, many pillars. Um, however, back where we emerged from the depths of Ardenvul, uh, we passed through a door and immediately stepped into one of... Uh, I'm sure you mu you must have uh, stumbled upon them. These, these rings, these stone rings that have like a... Oh a certain uh, square inset next to them, as if you were supposed to place something in them. We haven't quite... Um, Heliogablus, have you done any more research on what those might be? Uh, perhaps I have, Dalton. Perhaps I haven't. He says... <laughs> <laughs> He's a sly one. I see what you're doing no, there. A played wizard. <laughs> he, well, that poor bastard keeps his secrets close to the chest. We might have to have a talk about that at some point in the future. But needless to say, there is definitely one of those there as well. But yes, there was a straight corridor, basically running the length of the basement from north to south. We crossed through a giant doorbell doors. That's where we saw the bare footprints, did an investigate, entered into the great pillared hall, then went up the stairs to the blessed fresh air above. Okay. All right, so... I think I understand. Okay, so basically, Mr. Dalton, what would you estimate the chances of effectively reversing your course with our bands, our mixed bands, and returning to the Dust Devil Room and the Spider Chasm there? Well, as I said, I don't think that the, that the route is without danger. We, just, we were just lucky. We were running as fast as we could. Yes, yes. So I'm not going to pretend and say that it's just going to be cakewalk all the way back to that to that area to the chasm area. Um, it, from what the from the the stories that uh, Yost has told us and you have told us as well, it looks like the the dust devil, as you call it, has been quelled. Um, Potentially, but there is still yeah. the threat, of, perhaps, of strange beasts coming out of that chasm. Perhaps your stories of spiders that, that does not that sends a shiver through my spine, certainly. You didn't oh, see yeah, them. We, we, yeah, we, we we saw the webs. We were not disturbed, though. We crossed over the chasm quite quickly. What what killed your henchman over by the statue? Uh, over by the statue. Which statue? I'm sorry. In the spider room, there was a statue and a and a mashed henchman. Oh yep. right, um, that is actually a really good question. Let me just uh, look it up myself to make sure I'm not telling you the wrong thing. Uh, if he says suicide, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Sorry, one second. As I move the map around, he didn't want to be a Dalton no more. Um, you know, it, it just well while he's looking, one one other thing that we can maybe throw out is, I mean, without getting into the details of it, we do have a way with that um uh with that cloak to send a spy in early and like check out that room and map out like see where that you know fill in the blank spaces of that of that map so that we know what to expect and we aren't going in blind somebody could go in there invisible check it out 
So, or or you know. we have a potion uh, still, I think, that might be like a gaseous form type potion or something. We didn't get it identified. So he tells you that, um, he goes, I'm sure you noticed the, the large statue of Thoth that's in the middle of the room. Well, of course, yeah. us being adventurers, we couldn't help but uh, f fuss and muss with it a bit. So we were raising arms in different poses and such. And I uh, can't remember exactly what pose that uh, Yvette put the arms in, but... Um, at one point, a hidden door actually slid open, and much to our dismay, uh, one of the, uh, what we've been terming the Guardians of Thoth, stepped forward, a, a an actual living being that looked like one of those frescoes that you've seen on the walls of a of a kilted man with a ibis head, uh, stormed out and, and uh, killed poor, uh, what was their name? Cassandra. <laughs> Cassandra. Right? She was a hench. She was a henchwoman. You, you really care about your people, and you know we know this is we appreciate it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Did you say you, you played with his arms, and a door in the wall opened? And Indeed. Um, Yvette steps in. She's like, I can tell you exactly what I did. Uh, it was directly north of the uh, eastern door. One of the two eastern doors, the, the further north of the two eastern doors. Um, let me get them. She whips out the map again. Let's let's get that up here yep. so we can show yep. people. Up, up, up. Sorry. One second, folks. Ridiculous spines. Ridiculous spines. Um, here's the room we're talking about. So there. Uh, they ask you if you remember seeing that there was three panels that were on the walls. Mm -hmm. uh, you and you have them labeled here. I see Ted. So there's one here, right? The baboon yep. that's clubbing a crocodile. Uh, frescoes. Yes. Uh, so what room was that? That was that one. Spider room. Spider room. All right. So she remembers when she um, rose both of the arms up into the air. Both of them at the same time, at the same level. That the fresco that depicted the baboon clubbing a crocodile opened, actually. And one of these guardians of Thoth actually stepped through. Okay. Um, she also makes it very clear to you. She tells you, do not mistake what we're describing as a animated statue. These were flesh and blood creatures that looked exactly like a a fleshly version of what we of what you see on those statues of depicting Thoth. Terrifying. It uh, crushed Cassandra's head with a single blow as the rest of us fled from across the chasm. And did it attack immediately or did it kind of pause to see without hesitation? The moment the panel the, the moment the panel opened is it, it stepped through and seized the first person that was in its way. That was poor Cassandra. Thankfully, none just a, of the thankfully, other. Hmm? Right. Thankfully, just a hedge woman. And if I could just <laughs> clarify, because uh, maybe Yost said this and I didn't understand, in the the hall where you all and Yost was separated, was it a similar creature that came out, or was it the actual statue guardians that were no, there? No, so that's what she's trying to point out. That the, those were statue guardians. Okay. They were animated statues, right? This was oh, a wow. was a creature that looked like a depiction of Thoth, just living inside the wall. Uh huh. Weird. Yeah. Maybe it'd be with human legs. Yeah, I get it. 
Oh, maybe. Oh, it's great. It's Scottish. He's wears a kilt and the stupid yeah. head. I don't understand. Uh, pretty Far out. spindly okay. in shape, so but had that? a white ibis head, um, arms ended in claw-like hands. Um, and what they remember, too, was the mind-twisting shriek that it let out, that, that it emitted the moment that it um, emerged into the light. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's not do that again, right? Yeah. The- Both arms up? No, we're not going yeah. to Okay, thank you. What, what, when you were moving the arms around, did any other positions do anything uh, cool? It was actually the first thing that I tried, that I attempted to do. So that <laughs> okay, I that raised, was a poor choice. I raised them both up. However, they do they do note that it came out of a, a fresco that was painted in a certain manner, and that there were two other frescoes. So they sus- yeah. they suspect that yeah, if you maneuver the arms in different, you know that right. Yeah. Qu- query uh, the position you put the arms in. Same as the position you have to put the arms in at the top of the pyramid to get into the door? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, actually. I can't remember that either. What, what What's the uh, top of the up. pyramid position? Both up? As I recall. Oh, oh. Go looking oh, okay. to find it, but that's my memory. Uh, that is actually correct, yes. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Oh, so there's no consistency amongst the arms. God dang it. <laughs> well, I mean, it opens the doorway to your doom. So, oh, well, <laughs> that's consistent. based you're talking. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's no way to run a religion. Um, okay. Wait, wait. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, no. Okay. So, the, the, to, to, in order to get down to the pyramid, you're actually setting both arms parallel. Ah, okay. Uh, Sorry. Not, my, oh, my bad. I read uh, it wrong. Gotcha. Okay, so up, up, you know, up might still be bad. And definitely not right. something we want to do there. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, okay. so is are you yeah. done with dealing with Dalton? That's all settled? We're over the so. plan? Okay, yep. so what we else do you want to do? do I, have one, I do have one question, mm-hmm. Mike, If it, whether you thought of this or not. Uh, if we send 20 or whatever mercenaries down the stairs and they go up to the little portcullis there, mm-hmm. are we going to time our attack? We're just going to start the attack and distract them. And you guys make your way over there, right. you know, until you can get it down. You're also going to have to figure out how to get the wall down. You know? Right. So here's what I'm wondering. Uh, when we've been in the tunnels, John, and we were at the chasm and yelling across the chasm at the halflings and so on. Mm-hmm. How well does sound carry? Like, if Pretty we brought a hunting horn down with us, and, and at the point that we break open the brick wall, if we blew the hunting horn. <clears throat> uh, you know what, guys? Do not worry. I've I've got it. I have a way that we can take the whole wall down in complete silence. They will not hear yeah. me. Well, I'm not worried about the silence of the wall. I'm worried about signaling to the mercenaries that we are about to start our... our... Oh, oh, that's what... Okay. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know if that's as important, Ted, because we're just going to be doing our gig, right? We're not coordinating the attack. We're going to have the attack ongoing so that we're drawing all of them to us. He silences the wall coming down. You guys hopefully could get behind a bunch of them and kill a bunch of them before they even know you're there. So so what I'm worried about is you guys start the attack at the Porcullis and Blondveg has time to cook up a response uh, and comes out with some sort of alchemical fire hose. <laughs> and we aren't even behind him yet. Right. You guys all melt. 
and then we show up and there's no distraction anymore. So the Daltons are but, say that the whole thing oh. is contingent upon like knowing what is in those blank spaces on the map. They are, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the notion of sound carrying and making signal and making sure that you're timing everything correctly. They're very, that they're, they're just very worried about that aspect of it. Um, and Dalton encourages yeah. like, he's, he's down with just going in blind, like relatively blind, like with, with the map that you have, because the map is very, very good. But he's just saying yeah. these spots and he puts his finger down on that spot on the map. If we can get yeah. that, if we could just, if we just know what's there, then we can actually cook up like a, a, a really solid plan, you know? All right. Maybe, you know, maybe we, um, um, you know, maybe it's because I, I think we have a way to do this um, because we are very, cla uh, very crafty. Um, you, know, may, you know, maybe that, maybe that, that chest isn't exactly 50, 50, maybe it's like, 55 45 you know something like that. i mean we can work it out the details <laughs> later but i think we might be able to uh you know get some more details on this map he wants to make it clear that like, he's, he's good he's good to go he's just saying like if you're worried about that kind of stuff then discovering like what what the holes are then it's probably a good idea well that i mean it would benefit us too quite frankly because you know we also want to kill more of them than they kill of us cool and it's i just think it's fair to say that Mort is an imperial goblin. He's been in the legions, and he's used to horns and trumpets and signal flags and coordinated mm -hmm. plans. Very Archontian and Roman. You, you would, of all the of all the PCs, you would probably be the most um, uh, likely to be like um, in charge. Like you would, you would know how how to order people around in in large formations like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, he has that fancy voice. And what he yes, it's true. <laughs> Now, would would dwarves follow your orders? Absolutely, fucking not. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> uh, Hence, my suggestion: we hire goblins. It, 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 that would be the safest bet. Even even some humans, depending on their predilections, might may yeah, may, yeah. may balk at you at you. You know, but but yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you're you're walking the walk and talking the talk, and you're looking the look. You know. So. Yes, well armed and armored. Uh, okay. All right. Well, so, I think we've got enough of a plan for everyone to drink some more and just relax. Yeah, there's other crash. stuff that you need to do. So, like the the grand plan yeah. of of the assault can wait till yeah, right. next time or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah. what what else do you? So the feast goes on. It's great. You guys have logged the money uh, expenditure. Yep. Okay, yep. great. Um, and uh, and we can call it the next day, right? And you're gonna next day. do your business. Okay. okay. So real quickly. Right, uh, so one one before the next day, I want to um, uh, roll the healing spell that I didn't use. I want to heal myself up. Okay. Um, so. Because you should be cured by <clears throat> by now, right? You're cured. Yeah, I, I I'm cured, so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, about <clears throat> healing. Right. What do we got here? D six uh, plus one. Uh, uh, yeah, so let me roll that real quick. I'm ready. Okay, come on. <coughs> roll. Oh. <laughs> Dice there are pretty hot go. tonight. That's pretty good. Great. Uh, so that's Not a six. Bad. That's on. a six. Yep. Yeah. So seven. So you're you're full, right? Uh, what is that? That's uh, six plus eight. That's 14 almost. Okay. So but uh, when I wake up in the morning, I will be because I'll get one. Now you guys go to bed in the stun acolyte in the suite, and man, you guys have the best sleep of your life. Um, it, you wake up extremely refreshed. So if anyone, um, you guys all gain one hit point from the night's rest if you're down. Yes. Um, now in the morning, uh, let's do a quick weather check. Who wants to roll for weather? I'll do it. I haven't rolled for weather in a while. Go for it. Uh, okay, I'm rolling two d6 mm -hmm. and getting the total of five. Five, a brisk, clear day. So there you go. 
Nice. Okay. Perfect day for the for Mort to head off to Wick Trimmers to arrange for some sales of well goods. let's uh okay. before before you do that um uh we had discussed this uh, uh av is going to cast detect magic so we're going to oh, look yes, at yeah, might as well do that first sure yeah, yeah all of our stuff out in the big pile sure uh, and, uh so uh what do you what would you like to how, so are you okay how, how many of these are you memorizing well doesn't detect magic detect like a space yeah, so detect magic. It's just going to show. Um, yep, you can do that. Uh, permanent and temporary enchantments. So any of our stuff that's magic is going to glow, mm -hmm. and um, uh, we'll be able to tell. So okay, so we just let, let, me, let me ask you that: which, which spells are you memorizing today? Oh, oh, oh okay. Sorry, I'm going to do uh, detect magic. Uh, uh, cure light wounds, just in case. Mm -hmm. Those are my first levels and second level spells, oh, like a boss. Uh, uh, speak with animals. Okay. And uh, I mean, the dwarf does speak common. Why am I taking this abuse? <laughs> Dave is not here. What's it, what's the other one? Uh, uh, it was speak with animals and silence. Silence. Okay. Very good. All right. So, so you... first you speak with the animal, and then you're like. Shut up! <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Don't right. talk you me. collect all the items in the middle of your of your suite, and you're yeah. like, and, you're like and right, uh, and things start to glow. So okay. what glows? Um, everything that you already knew, obviously, right? Uh, so we'll just skip those. Um, right. We've got we've got two rings and two torques we found in that that secret uh, tomb room with the dead priests that we had to burn. Okay, so let me look at the mundane loot on your chart here. So, uh, the rings and the torques are. Where did you find those? So, do you recall inside the the sort of ring of lots of little niches? And we found a secret door in a niche. We went in, and there were two ghouls in there, and we yeah. burned them up. Yeah, believe that's where the rings and torques were from. Okay. Oh, where are... the spear is, right? Where the spear still is. Yeah. yeah. Th that those are not magical, but I do not have the value of those offhand. Okay, fine. Yeah, and then um, we had a jade necklace and a jade scepter. Those are both non-magical. And uh, the signet ring—that is non-magical, but it, that did okay. have like significant writing on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So then that leaves the panther, uh, the panther statue, and the brass key. Yeah. Both are non-magical. Okay. Okay, mundane loot. Uh, the then, every, everything in a vial is magical. Yep. Um, um, what about the? Um, we have a couple of holy symbols. The uh, there there was a pendant of Set, and there was yep. the um, uh, the one of uh, Thoth. Those are both non-magical. Okay. Although okay. you have, you have seen them uh, affect things that appear to be magical in nature, mm -hmm. right? But sure, yeah. sure, sure. Well, it's the you know <clears throat> the faith stuff. Yeah. And I don't and suppose the uh, the purple silk purse full of Laryl's ashes turned up as magic. No, it is not. Okay. Uh, how about uh, the dagger we pulled off of Cassandra's body? Um, in the the spider yeah, room that we were just talking about. That one I have to check. Da, da, da. Non magical. Okay. Um, Laryl's love letters are also non magical. Um. Any magic on any magic on Laryl's ashes? No. There, 
they're in the purse. So yeah, yeah those are not magical. Obviously, all the scrolls in the spell books are magical. Does the plunger show up as magic? Um, no, it does not actually. Okay. Interesting. Okay, I think that covers everything that we know about. Is everything? Yeah. It's, so it's... we really had everything down already. Yeah, we which did. is which is good for you. It's good for your wallet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was really sort of hoping that those those rings were magic, but okay. Um. Okay. So. I was, yeah, gonna, then, I was gonna say that David would have likely have memorized free magic, but he can't because he doesn't have a spell book, which is kind of a bummer. Oh, yeah. by the way, just just to be a jerk to Ted, what about that pouch? You fucking bastard. <laughs> that's that's magical. <laughs> oh, it's still magical. Oh, it, well, it looks like uh, yeah, we'll just give it to you. It, it used to be magical. <laughs> <laughs> Ted has a note. Sorry, his, Ted. Ted has a note on the spreadsheet that says "ruined." Right there. <laughs> yeah, and you're giving me shit for being short. I, I love that. <laughs> I'm sure okay. too. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so you can see all this stuff is basically probably worth uh, not an insignificant amount of cash, but none of right. it is actually magic items. Um, is, let me just double check. Was there any magic items that you didn't hit? You oh, did the golden apple turn up oh, as magic? You know what you do? Well, one thing that you know is magical that you... The two things you know are magical that are just not in the room with you are Man Weeper and, and Njal's um, axe. Right. I, right. I would love to get those identified just so we know. I mean, especially Njal's, right? Plus that Man Weeper, like, you know, that could be maybe something really good for uh, a goblin who likes to stab things. Nope. nope. Goblins can't carry uh, Rancerous. I picked it up. I had it in hand, and then I discovered under the rules that I can't use it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, at, at least the axe that uh, Nial was carrying. Then, I and mean, we can decide about the other one. But... Yeah, that is a two-handed battle axe, um, and it looked like it had um, uh, blood stains, old blood stains, along the beard of it. I think that would that would be worth uh, worth an identify. Do you guys agree? Uh, how much was the identify again? Two hundred. It was two hundred. But everything else from that from that Hall of Heroes where that thing came from was just awesome. It's true. Like that that was that was a, a major loot hole in that room. Goblins do not use strength as a prime requisite. A rancer requires specialized, so I couldn't that's why I couldn't use it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not even sure Sam can use it, honestly, but probably Sam can use it. Yeah, okay. All right, so we have various valuable artifacts that are not in liquid form. They're they're still things like pendants and scepters and stuff. Yes. I would I would like if everybody's fine with this, I think we should sell them and deposit the cash. Yes. The only addendum to that would be anything that might be a potential story item. Um like that signet yeah. ring. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we we agree that. I'm talking about the two rings, the two torques. Um, we do have gems. We have a jade necklace and a jade scepter. Um, maybe we keep the golden apple. I don't, you know, that's only 35 gold. I'm not worried about that one. And then we've got, like I said, a bunch of our Kantian silver that is worth a lot more than its, you know, single silver piece value. Mm -hmm. uh, the the other thing that because uh, I imagine this is going to be like a day of business, right? So I'll be training with uh, y'all. One other thing that I think would be good to do, we got a lead last time that those um, letters from Laryl, yeah, 
taking those to the uh, bookseller guy, like the, the you know the, so, the rare bookkeeper guy. Uh, you guys didn't get to this part at, by the end of last episode, and I was I don't know if you guys saw as I was listening on the train, like texting madly on the Discord. Those strike me as a possibility of it, it, perhaps this is too much notoriety for us, but we could auction something like that and go with the highest bidder thing and probably make way more than that guy's going to offer us in cash. I want, so I don't see any rush to sell them. Like we've as long made, as we're not short of money, I, I, I don't mind just leaving them. In yeah, the we're not short of money. We've, I mean, I'm, right now, guys, technically sorry, you're always short on money. I'm sorry. Oh, no, hey, no. Right now we've still got 1800 <laughs> cash. Plus we have another um, 3,000 gold pieces worth of jewels and it, more than a thousand gold pieces worth of other stuff we could sell okay so why don't we just go you you want to liquidate right now right that's the first thing that right if, yeah. if it's i don't want to hold the story up uh so if we could just go ahead and, and move ahead and do other things and carouse yeah. assume that we've liquidated some things yeah i just, I'm we'll just letting you know. the numbers later yeah that's fine so basically what you do is you go first thing in the morning you're going to go all the way up to the upper city um to the upper market and you're going to go to jeremiah's the money changer um which is right here right and we've got to so, deal with him too right yeah so this is something that the Dalton's darlings are going nowhere with you around there because that is in the upper market, which is, uh, you can, do you see it? It's how, how it has this wall, right? Mm -hmm. So you yeah. have to, you, it, 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 it's, um, it's like the really high end sort of stuff, right? So it is so close to the Azure keep that they're, they're going nowhere near there. Um, cause they're worried about the Knights. Right. But anyways, uh, you had a uh, Jeremiah's who is a cheerful, but very venal halfling. Um, and you've got the deal from Eusebia where, um, uh, she will cover the uh, the uh, fee for money changing. All right, so right. Right. all of those va listed values are liquidated exactly as 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 listed. Um, right. And uh, we'll note that off off camera. But you get yeah a substantial amount of money. Um, okay. So you we can afford to go carousing is what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, you could definitely go, afford to go carousing. Now, what you do with that coin is an issue. Right. So uh -huh. like how you want it broken down, that, that sort of thing. And then like where you're putting it is a thing. Now you have wick trimmer who will hold cash. Right. Right. Um, so is, is that the assumption is that you're basically getting a shit ton of coin. Then you're going to be escorted down to to um, the uh, rarities factor, which is right here. That is more or less my assumption is that we would turn all that stuff into coin and take it to wick trimmer and deposit it until we need it because we've gone carousing. Okay, <laughs> cool. So you get uh, a, a heap load of coins, like a ton, and you go down to the rarity factor and you basically um, dump all that stuff off. Uh, and let me just find out which one is wick trimmer's place. It's gonna be 20, it looks like. Give me a second. Not 20. Where are you? Yeah, the rarity factor. Yeah. Next to the grain hall, right? Yeah, I just need to find the actual number here on the thing. All right. So, um, uh, oh, I see. Now, when you go to the rarities factor, okay. Um, it, you, mm -hmm. you, you knew this from last time whenever you set up business there. You never saw a wick trimmer. You heard about him, right? Right. Okay. The, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The clerks in the office and stuff like that say, wick trimmer actually wants to talk to you. And they look almost awed in the, in the fact that they had to actually, give you that information right okay so you're led up to an office 
and uh, you meet the very famous, uh, the notorious Wick Trimmer. Um, Wick Trimmer is a goblin. He's an Imperial goblin. Okay. I don't know if you were told that or not. I'm not sure if we said that. I think I knew that. That doesn't shock me. Uh, so he is dressed in long robes. He's wearing slippered feet. Um, he has very sparse hair, but that he meticulously like sort of like oils back on the back of his head. Very, very sharp pointed ears with tufts of hair on the very end of it. Um, and uh, he has a like a, a pointed chin like uh, that basically the hook of his nose almost meets the uh, the point of his chin as well. Right. Um, but nice. uh, he has I very him in the language of our people. <laughs> um, he he he. He actually talks to you first. He meets makes eye contact with you as well, and he says some sort of like goblin phrase that only you guys would know, you know, um, like imperial goblin, imperial goblin. But um, uh, and then, he, and then he, we both look at the dwarf and chuckle. He he uh, he he gets right he gets right down to business, and he's very very like sort of straight down the line with you guys. And he t- um, he tells you he's he's like well I uh, I've heard rumors in town as I often do about certain items that were found and identified that are now in your possession. He says. What items would those be, oh, Wick Rimmer? Let's not beat around the bush. You have found the rare artifacts that belong to one Laryl One-Eye. I can tell you with great certainty that no one in this town desires them more than I do. However, I am not the kind of man, not the kind of goblin to just exhibit wanton violence and simply take them from your burning corpses. He just sort of smiled. Um, He says, however, I offer you fair trade. I can give you very, very good information in return for those items. What say you? Uh, They they are priceless. I can't give you enough money. But I can give you information that no one knows. I think that you uh, catch us at a great disadvantage, my good sir. Uh, And we are not immediately in a position to discuss this sort of thing. Um, Perhaps it would be fair of me to say that Certainly, no one else will acquire them, should they exist. I don't care that you have them. I want them. Believe me, they would be better in my possession than yours. But I am not just going to take them from you. And I'm sure that you believe (laughs) that there's no possible way that I could do so. Hmm. You can rest. You can have that belief. That's fine. No, no, your your wealth and influence are well known throughout Gosterwick. This is a fair trade. I know for a fact that you have allied yourselves with some adventurers and perhaps are perhaps rivals of other ones seeking the jewels and treasures within Ardenvul. You're obviously very capable if you're able to find this, which I had no idea was hidden below in the halls. Well, I know something about one of your rivals, even if they aren't yet what they're seeking. I can give you that information. 
This is information that no one has but them. They have entrusted it with me, and the trust of the rarities factor is a solid oath, and I am willing to break it for those items. Kind of stretches the definition of solid, but... Indeed. <laughs> but I'm not there. I am trying to exhibit to you exactly how much I desire these items. I am willing to forego the, uh, the guarantee that my factor... Uh, presents to its customers. Your uh, bona fides and sincerity are beyond question, sir. What is more at question is that if we were to have such items, the extreme use that they would no doubt provide in our continued endeavors. Information is sometimes very helpful, but often not as helpful as a very pointy sword, <laughs> if you follow my meaning. They are indeed powerful, but it is their power is minuscule compared to their historical significance. See, Ted, see what you can get just for, uh, like, the letters. I was sorry, okay, thank you. I was gonna thinking about going that way. Perhaps, oh, mighty wick trimmer, a uh, temporary accommodation might be settled upon. Uh, for example, there are certain written documents. He, written... Waves, he waves you away. I don't care about the letters. I'm talking about oh. the sack, the pin, the cloak. Those three in exchange for what I know. Mort will sort of turn a little bit. Well, the sack, you say. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. very beautiful. He wants our Deathly Hollows, dude. It, it, so there is, like, you can tell that Wick Trimmer is, like, he, his, like, his eyes are, like, hungry for them. You know, like, he knows that he's talking to the people who has them, and he wants them, like, really bad. Um, and there is no... You can see that there's no like wiggle room. Like he's not going to be like, well, what if we gave you the sack? You know what I mean? Like he's he's like, I want all three <laughs> items, and I'll give you the and I'll give you the info. You know, but if you say no, then you know that's fine. But that's that, no way. I regret to inform you, oh good sir, that now is not a time at which we are prepared to part with whatever it is we may have found underground. But again, as I say, you're wealth and influence and power are such that I would certainly not deign to uh, deny you the right of first refusal in the future should we be prepared to uh, come to an arrangement. Would that satisfy you, at least for now, sir? He twitches his nose and he goes, I can't. Uh, I must admit that I am disappointed. One last entreaty. Have you, have you, does the name The Beacon mean anything to you? He looks carefully at all of you. If it does, I have forgotten because it, I yeah. read <laughs> weeks it, ago. It, it doesn't. I do feel like we did hear that. It doesn't. We we've never heard that. Before. You've never heard Sorry. it, yeah, yeah. And he just no? sort of, he just nods. He's like, very well. Uh, then be off with you. May your journey, may your future journeys, bring you much lucrative hauling of treasure. Well, wait, guys, we'd like to wait, put this wait. treasure in the vault, so. Yeah, he's a, he's he's cool. He's not gonna like not let you deposit there, right? You know. Okay. Oh, this is. This but is you can tell that that he's um. Uh, the the rarities factor is well known, especially here because it's like it's unique to only this town. It's not like an empire wide thing that Wick Trimmer himself basically runs. Um, 
and uh, the the fact that adventurers trust him the most because they're bringing up the rare stuff, right? Um, versus the other factors, like if he, if he was known to to sell the secrets of other what adventurers are putting in there, that would ruin him, right? So you do have a little bit of leverage against him, right? Because he admitted that mm -hmm. he was going to sell out an adventuring group. But that, yeah. that should just imply to you, like, how much he really wants these items. Also, guys, side note, I think the beacon would actually uh, uh, ring some bells for us. It was mentioned on the very first um, obelisk that we climbed. The beacon shall be revealed to those who bring midday life to the sun, the moon, and the stars. You knew I'd heard the beacon before somewhere. Yeah, but didn't he say the beacon? <laughs> no. Vegan? No, no, they eat meat here. Come on. Okay. The vegan. It's it's Irish. I think. Uh, all right. Oh, so, Irish is it? So you refuse that offer. You um you maintain Laryl's goods and you deposit everything. In. So okay. So we can we can figure that out at Discord if you want. But are there any magical items that you are depositing here? Or are you keeping all of your your magical items and just depositing yeah, the wealth? The we're depositing. Gems, jade, opals, and those four urns with all the solidi and Arcantian silver. What about the other? And yeah, right. Okay. We should deposit the halberd because nobody can use it or that wants it, right? Um. Yeah. Might as well deposit the halberd. And um, what else was the thing that we found that we couldn't use or we didn't want to? I don't remember. You can use that halberd, Gorn. I can use it, but I'd much rather have a 19 armor class than a halberd. That's just okay. me. Well, I know, but I'm also not. I'm also not lawful, so it's just a plain. I can't old believe that's that's bane for for those who are listening. A halberd plus one, plus two for lawful PCs, plus three versus evil clerics, plus four versus clerics of set. That's being yeah. put in the bank. Yeah. So, and and, and the reason is is you have to be lawful to use it, which mm. you left that off. Well, I only we have a lawful person in this party. Mm. No, I'm lawful. Yeah, but you can't use it. You can't well, use it. Grow up. I know. That's what. No, it's not about height. It's about strength specialization, right? Because it counts as a pole arm, John. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could use it, but I'd be at minus four, which would mean I'd be at a you know disadvantage for everything. I'm just, I'm, for I'm everything. just pointing out that it's a, it's a, it's a kick-ass weapon. And everyone's like, "Well, just it put is it in a kick-ass weapon." And my next character. Should I die? <laughs> we'll be a lawful, be lawful. We'll be a lawful paladin type that really likes Alberts. <laughs> okay. All right. What else? What other business do you have here in Gosterwick? All right. So uh, I I have uh, so two things. Like in in the morning, like before training, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I would need to get, um, uh, and I don't know if this is just something that you can buy off the shelf or if you have to order it, but. Um, like a good prosthetic, right? Like I, I need a good uh, hook. Like, you know, I, I the fanciest one you can buy, I've got lots of money, but at the very least, I want to be able to do things like, you know, climb, so like a, a good hook. I want to be able to, you know, with, with Njol's training, you know, put a, a shield on this arm. I'm going to train to use my, my left arm mm -hmm. uh, for attacking, but at least, you know, this uh, uh, prosthetic, that's going to have um, you know a hook or some kind of attachment on the end so that I can you know do some some uh, you know fairly standard things now like climbing, yeah, holding holding two sacks 
or you know holding large sacks yeah i would say like um, a, a hook would be, you be your best option once again like the technology just is not there for any sort of me uh, mechanical device that would allow for fine um uh, detail uh, you know fine uh manipulation so um that's fine. You can do that. Um, it will definitely allow you to strap an arm on there. It will, it will allow you to hold things. You know what I mean? Like, like loosely like this. However, climbing is, is doable in something like that. But if you just kind of picture, like if you, if you hook into something, um, that it would still not be like great. Like you, you could do it, but I want to say yeah. is like, you would have a worse chance or you would have to go slower or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, like, it's better than what I have now, which is one hand and you just can't do it. Right, yeah. Uh, the other way is to go the Jamie Lannister and just have like a totally like aesthetic looking hand thing, so you could pass off in society, but that would be useless. It would be just the same as having a stump. Yeah, so, no, I want to be badass and have a hook. Yeah, you so, get back uh, to the spaceship, man. Maybe they got robot arms for you. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll I'll do, I'll do a robot arm. I'm cool. Um, the other thing, and he would just ask the guys if they could, uh, since he knows they're going to the uh, nicest part of town. Mm -hmm. Um. Um. I, I need a few things. This is just, you know. Oh, yeah, we're going to go shopping. Up. What's that? We're going to go shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When you go shopping. So, uh, not here. Well, no, no, this is. One some... second, Matt. Let's just finish up the hook real quick. So if you want the hook, let's just okay. get it done. So uh, the, okay. the hook is going to cost you 50 gold if you want it. Okay. And it's really, right. it's really note, nice. We have only got party funds right now, right? Or do you guys, um, did we divide up our funds from previous delves? Does everybody have their own cash of any significance? I mean, I think we've been doing everything kind of party funds so far. I, my recollection is the first time we were at Wick Trimmers, we each deposited our own cash. Does anybody remember right down? Because I've got a big number written down, but I, I did not know whether it was party funds or... We, we, we can worry about that on Discord. For now, why don't we just work no. with like the party oh, okay. funds that you, like the party funds that you've got from yeah. your latest haul? So do you want me to just take the 50 out of the party funds then for yep. your hand? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. So um, new hand, 50 gold. Yeah, okay. and the, the other thing that he um, uh, needs, uh, if you guys could pick up for him, mm -hmm. are um, some fancy, like the, the, the kind that wealthy people would have. Like, I, I need uh, coin purses. Like, it's a, you know, it's a collection I'm building. I need um, very fancy, you know, the... the like if you look around and you just go to the you know to the store, um, the kind of coin purses that you know the the high society would would buy, and I uh, uh, you know just you know a collection of them. I'm not sure how much they cost. Um, how, many do, how, many, how many do you want? Um, uh, maybe it depends on the cost. Uh, ten. You want ten purses? Yeah. What's the purpose? Um, uh, uh, I have something to do with them. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, it, it, don't, don't, it, nothing to concern yourself with. If you and want really very, nice, really nice purses, each one will cost five gold. Okay. Uh, yes, I need uh, I need ten of those. Okay, so it's another, it another fifty. All right. So, uh, and then you you are going to are, have you determined that you're going to train with y'all for an entire week here? Yes. Okay, cool. I mean, so, that's, that's his mind So once you're done with your business, right, whatever that is, we can retcon it too. Um, but that at that point, then you're going to be full-time training with y'all at the Stunned Acolyte, basically, um, uh, to regain, to, to become adept with the use of your left hand um, in, in weaponry and things like that. Uh, and he is happy to do so. Um, and he... he When he trains you, it's like you can tell that he just feels awful. Because, like, basically, the whole... 
the whole training involves him looking and watching you like develop, <laughs> as a result of his own <laughs> actions. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, he's, he's very, very capable. Um, and, uh, and, uh, knowing Avaricios, he would never make sly snide side comments about, boy, I remember this other hand that I had Boy, that thing was handy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it, like it, it was me, man. It wasn't me. <laughs> I was duped. Only, time. only when I feel like he needs a little nudge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. You'll make it up to him with wine later. Do so. you want okay. to identify his battle axe? Uh, sure. Yes. Why not? Yes. Identify gold. that. Identify man weeper and um. And okay. Let's. You find going. Sam like holed up in some uh, shitty inn, um, as well, and you get her, and she's happy to have that identified. Um, so that's going to be another four hundred GP, Ted. Yep. yep, marking it off. Okay. Uh, first of all, man weeper is straight up. It's it's nothing uh, too great, but it's it's a magical weapon. Uh, it's a ran sewer plus one. Nice. Um, don't forget too, like like plus one weapons are still like really dope because they overcome any of the uh, of the monsters that like cannot be mm -hmm. hit by anything but magical weapons. That's like that's right. like a real benefit of having magic weapons. Right. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of those. Uh, okay, uh, the battle axe, however, is a, a named weapon. It is known as the Ruiner of Appetites. Ooh. Um, it, <laughs> it, it is a it is a battle axe plus one, um, and. Uh, other than that, it just has a very strange predilection that the blood of its last victim is impossible to wash off. Hmm. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Kind of gross, actually. It kind of ruins my appetite. <laughs> a little bit. So, Matt, you're probably going to want to go into um, y'all's retainer sheet and um, for his hit and damage. Um, you're going to want to mm -hmm. add plus one to each of those, uh, assuming okay. he's using the battle axe. Okay. Uh, which makes y'all pretty dope. I think he's actually sitting at it with the wielding the battle axe. He's at a plus five to hit and a plus, I'm going to say a plus three to damage, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I have a good. I have a good friend. I, okay, I don't tease him too much about the hand thing. Nyal is uh, yeah. a is a fourth level fighter, and uh, also don't forget that in my house rules, fighters have cleave. So if he if he drops an enemy, he gets to make a free attack. So right now, John, it's it's also just cover the remaining six days of the suite. Uh, would you like to do that? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just pay it because we're going to be here for a week. Okay, so. That's another eighteen gold. Uh, okay. All right. What else? Next thing, uh, I want to go try and figure out what the darlings are wanted for. Okay. So, how, how are you going to go about doing that? I mean, that's a real good question. Um, I would like to do this first of all. I'm going to find an attorney or some <laughs> equivalent. No, no, I'm serious. Okay. To do that in corporation for our party so that we can have like a named party and get the rights that are assigned to us by the thing and okay. have that be, you know. So th that would basically be, have to be done in the house of the Thesmothi herself at Eusebia, mm -hmm. right? She, yeah. she could take care of all that, that, that stuff. There's no like attorneys per se, but. Um, gotcha. But she could, she, she understands she's the one that made the deal with you in the first place. Right. So she goes, that's, she goes, that's actually a good idea considering how short your adventurer's lives tend to be. She says as she right. knocks on wood on the desk when you meet with her. Um, so, uh, uh, so she says, how would you like to define your band? Um, I think the definition of the band should be, um, uh, when a new party member joins, we'll have them sign, 
the contract that they are joining um, the AV Club, which I guess is the super cool name that we came AV up Club, with. AV Club, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, uh, you know, then we'll we'll have them sign on to the charter at that point, and and we'll cap it at five active members at any one time. She was wondering about that. Like she she says like yeah. you can't just keep adding people to your no no right like, yeah. But we'll we'll cap it at five uh, five members at any one time. Just okay. in case, guys, we ever get another player or something like that. But, you know, whatever. Um, all Not uh, taking auditions, by the way, out there. <laughs> right. All active members have equal shares, that whole bit. Exactly. Okay. Uh, you know, like all that. And then in the process of doing this and writing this contract out, um, I am going to say, by the way, we ran into several of the knights uh, up at the Broken Head. Mm. And they were looking for a party called Dog. Dalton's darlings. We've heard of them before. Um, if we come across them, uh, are they dangerous? Are they wanted for something violent? She she snaps like a, one of her charlotarii who goes out and um, comes back and comes back with like a big ledger basically and she opens it up like, mm. if we had an appointment, we'd be in the book. And she um, she like scrolls down through there and she looks at like all these entries and she uh, and she she points at one. She's like, ah, yes, I see this came directly from the Azure Keep from the Green Lady herself. Uh, this is, uh, oh, she kind of laughs. She's like, this might be something that only you and I actually know exactly the real reason. It appears they're wanted for uh, questioning in regard to the sudden function of what's been called here in the ledger, the Arden Elevator. <laughs> she, she, she actually laughs as well with you and she's like ah oh, those poor saps are probably in for a rough time of it she says um since oh we God. since we know the true cause of this arden elevator's functioning um do we should they be concerned at this point or has this query been laid to rest well, it's, it's in, in my mind, it's been laid to rest. I mean, do you do you, do you care for the fate of these darlings? Or I'm I I have enjoyed your company. We've made fair dealings, so I am more than willing to perhaps do you a favor and make sure that they are not seen again. Well, I will say that we have run into some rather unsavory types uh, that we will also be doing research search about uh here in town um a druid named garalad a, a, a scholar named isocritus are having a sad time of it down in you know one of the layers of the dungeons and uh we came across a, a rumor of the darlings and there is a potential uh a potential to ally with them uh to civilize certain parts of that uh, ah, well, well if you have a good relationship with the darlings then by all means i will send this back up to the lady alexia and let her know that the the issue is resolved and that they are not wanted for questioning and the knights will back off of course interesting however you tell me what you'd like to do of course but i don't know the name garlad but the name isocritus i do know she says no. but first what mm -hmm. uh, would you like me to tell the tell the lady that to not bother with the darlings anymore. Can I well, just perhaps perhaps I could make an appointment with you tomorrow and uh, think about it for a while and, and go over it with my friends. Very well. Um, cool, Ted. Okay. Okay. So she call uh, she goes. The name Isocritus is actually known in some of the elite circles in the Empire, uh, and I'd, 
You were saying that you actually met this man, that you saw him? No, no, we, we did not see him. Um, however, he's fallen in with some rather unsavory types. Uh, and so the, while I don't know him, he seemed like an erudite gentleman. Um, and we're actually concerned that he may be in a spot of trouble. I think he might be. Now, this is based on my friendship that I have, and I uh, would re ask all of you to keep this clip to, to this word should not spread beyond this room. But I am I am friends with the steward of the keep itself, uh, a person known as Freitas the Stern. And Freitas has the ear of the Lady Alexia and knows much of her business. And I make it a point to know Lady Alexia's business because if I don't, I can't run the town correctly for her. So I don't see any shame in having a little bit of a spy in the Azure Keep, as it were. Um, it greases the wheels of governance. Um, Makes sense. So she knows, uh, and she asks, uh, and she actually gets a couple of uh, other notes and stuff like that from her charlotari char as well to, to corroborate this. But um, the gist of it is this, all right? Isocritus. She knows that uh, he is known in elite circuit, uh, circles as an adventuring sage par excellence. Um, and he has a specialty in finding and interpreting ancient texts. And she looks at you with like a raised eyebrow to confirm that this might be the case. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, he is based out of Narcelion, which is the, um, the exarchate capital, right? The large city that's off into the east. Um, he was called in recently by the Lady Alexia personally and met privately. This is this is information that she got from Freitas the Stern. Called in by Lady Alexia and met privately to discuss the existence and possible recovery of what's known as the missing regalia. This occurred approximately one month ago. Um, only Freitas the Stern and uh, Lady Alexia's primary advisory primary advisor known as Theodora know of this meeting and me, of course, she says with a wry smile. Um, at the time when he met with Lady Alexa, he was given a room at a suite at the stunned acolyte. And in fact, she says, your exact suite, the one that I gifted to you with a discounted rate. Oh. Um, he researched and concluded that the Infor that information on the locations of the missing regalia would probably be tied to the accounts of the famed Archontian military general known as Marius Tricotor, who led an expedition many, many, many years ago into the ruins of Ardenvul and established the Archontian rule uh, that lasted for many, many centuries when the priesthood of Thoth flourished in the halls. Um, That's not the same ex um, uh, yeah, Anaximander. No, that, that was Adrianic, which was a failed small expedition. This was many, many, many centuries before Marius Tricortor basically entered in with a giant force, like the, the, the weight of the empire behind him and established Archontian rule in Ardenvul itself. Um, wow. So that when he found out that information that the missing regalia may be tied to Marius Tricotor, that led him to search out the library of Thoth, which you know exactly where that is. Um, whereupon, uh, it is likely that he met someone there in exchange and probably based on what you're telling me, may have worked out some sort of deal to, to do research within that library in exchange for some sort of aid 
or whatever mm. being may have been in charge of that library. Um, I wonder. When you say um, regalia, do you mean crowns and robes or something else? Uh, I can tell you exactly what we're talking about um, if you give me one moment. I sure hope it wasn't a jade scepter that I just sold. <laughs> it was not that. Much more valuable. One moment. Okay. Okay, I found the passage that I was looking for here. Okay, so Eusebia tells you that the missing regalia um, are the the pieces of regalia that defined the office of Archon during the glory days of Archontian control of Ardenvul. So whoever actually contains the regalia has absolute authority as Archon of Burdock's Valley within this area, including Ardenvul, right? The Lady Alexia desires it greatly. Because if she can get, if she can claim the regalia and display them, that means that she can actually claim lordship over Burdock's Valley over her half-brother, um, the current Lord Burdock, whose name is Iskander. And Iskander rules from um, Newmarket, which is the capital of, Lord, of Burdock's Valley, um, uh, and has the authority given to him by the Empire and all that sort of stuff, right? So he he is Lord Burdock right now. Lady Alexia is the mm -hmm. half-brother, though, can't stand her, uh, is the half-sister, and she can't stand her half-brother and wants to wrest control of it from him. If she can get the missing regalia, she'll have those those pieces of authority long lost and be able to claim that lordship. Um, this is why Marius Tricotor from centuries and centuries ago, right? is so important, right? And this is why she talked to Isocritus is to find out where she could find the missing regalia. Those four pieces are, um, and you um, are, you have heard tales of these things basically, right? Um, always, okay. always associated with Marius Tricotor. It is the iron circlet of Ganor, G-H-A-N-O-R. The bone ring of Yagrinaz, which is J-A-G-R-I-N-A-Z. The Ebon Spear. And what is only known as the Tablet. Those are good names. So the, Very cool. Yeah, so uh, it appears that Isocritus is searching for information on Marius Tricotor in the Library of Thoth in Plunger Town in order to discover more information about that regalia. But his access to that library was somehow negotiated with Garalad, right? That's the notion. Now, Eusebia has no notion of who Garalad is. Nothing at all. But she does know about our, uh, uh, Isocritus was known in elite circles as being the kind of guy who was an expert in this sort of stuff. He's a known quantity, right? Nice, nice one, Mike. So if we were to assist him, we make a very powerful ally. Uh, very possible. Yeah, he knows people. That is for sure. But what he what he has is information. You right. know, he, but I'm just he, saying, he, like, he, actually, above and beyond that, if we recover any of this regalia and return it back to the lady, uh, we make a a big, big, biggity, big, big ally. Yes. Or um, big time. Yeah. We have the four regalia. A goblin could rule this foul. <laughs> that's the that's the way to think. <laughs> yeah, man, domain day. All right. Uh, now, going has, back, has he? Hmm? Just one question: Has he been seen back since he disappeared? He went down in there about a month ago. Has he ever been back to town? Uh, no. But you did remember you did see that he. Uh, been, he would, I know he popped up. He popped up. Yeah, but I didn't know if he came all the way down. Not that no one, not that anyone has seen. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He has surfaced, but he has not returned. 
Um, going back real quickly to the identifying the items, uh, I made a mistake. The two rings, um, along with the torques that were found in the ghoul chamber uh, way back in the day, I made a mistake. The two rings actually do identify as gold. They are um, identical. They are made out of white gold, and they are inscribed with the names, respectively, of Ruritanus and Aethel Gifu. Um, and... <laughs> It, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I think, I think, no, I think you wrote those down. That's why I'm just, I said them real fast. Um, but uh, they are white gold and they are magical. The torques, however, are not, but they are each inscribed with an ibis head and a cornucopia. Um, and you can get them appraised and liquefy them, whatever you want to do. They're each worth 70 gold, but together, if you sell them as a set, they're actually worth 280 gold. Yeah, which is pretty great. Uh, each GP 280 is a set. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now, and, now, at this point, surely they would give us a deal on identifying those rings. Like, like buy one, get one half price, no, maybe. I'm afraid not. No, I'm afraid not. They got, they got <laughs> well, components. I mean, they got components. Oh, they got to burn for this sort of shit, you know. Um, and then the alabaster urns that you also found there, um, they were worth 225 gold each. There was four of them. Okay. Uh, although I'm a little yeah about like actually like getting those very fragile things out safely, but whatever. Oh no, John. We're very careful. Mm. We're very careful. No, because we filled them with coin and carried them. Yeah. That's how we got them out. Like they're intact because they're full of coins, because otherwise the, the coins would have spilled. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt this time. Next time, alabaster urns are not going to be carried without some sort of. Uh, Say two twenty-five. Yeah. Each. Yeah. All right. So um, we can liquidate that for what is it? That's nine hundred gold. Very nice. Um, and the value. So we also had in there inside them was fifteen solidi and an eleven hundred thirty-five Arcantian silver. Yeah, you, you've accounted for all that, right? I do not have what that actually works out to be in value, no. I think it's like 150... Sorry, that a solidi is 10 gold? Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to mark it down so we're not going to calculate right now. There were 16 ancient gold solidi, 2,316 ancient copper bits, and 1,135 ancient silver pennies. Right, we left the copper with the halflings. Yeah. Okay, so 16, 16 gold solidi and one thousand one hundred thirty-five. We spent solidi silver pennies. In, I think. Okay. In addition, you left that spear there. That spear is still still there. Right. We're gonna get that. Don't worry. Okay. What else do you want to do in Gosterwick? Hire mercenaries, or at least start the process. Was there any? That's a, that's a big one. Was there anything else? Just sort of like just need to get check it off the list real quick. Um, yeah, so there, every night, I need to um, uh, Avariusios, um, uh talk to Mort. Uh, Mort, I need to borrow your. Um, uh, I need to borrow the bag for just a minute. I need something from there. If that's okay, just don't worry about it. Just a little thing. What do you need? Oh, it's my bag. Oh, I've got it. It's the only magic item um, I have. I thought um, you got the right. dagger. I don't have the dagger. I, I'd be happy to take it, but I don't have it. I thought you were taking the dagger. Anyway, this is not important. What the, what I need right now is, um, uh, you know what, uh, a mouse. If if you could just um, 
um, you know, um, I just need um, as many uh, mice as you, your, your bag will give me. Like, you know, maybe a couple a night is uh, all I really need. Just a couple mice. I'll give him some mice. Okay. And um, so every every night uh, that week, uh, you know, he's gonna come. He's gonna be all bruised and tired or and sore or whatever from training, but. Um, he's going to cast um, uh, Speak with Animals on uh, these mice. And uh, every night he's going to, um, uh, with the, the purses uh, that uh, we got, those fancy purses, he's um, uh, going to, uh, using some you know, like, like little treats and little grains and just like leftover stuff from dinner, uh, he's going to um, talk to them and train them to um, uh, get rewards every time they like uh, nibble uh, at the at the threads and like little holes mm. at the bottoms of these purses. So just like you know, he's going to get this. Uh, the idea is to get like this increasing group of uh, mice that um, he talks to and trains uh, to do this. So by the end of the week, he have. Um, a little group of mice mm. that are all trained to um, uh, uh, nibble at these uh, at these coin purses. And Mort is going to watch this process and say, "You know, this doesn't seem like you have. You seem different somehow." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a very that's that's a very odd activity. Um, it's yeah. just a little hobby, you know. You get these magics, you know. You, you, do a little thing here. Look, you can get them to do a little trick. To try it, and the little mouse will like pull the little thread out from the. Yeah, I'd say because you part. can actually speak their language. That um, you know, convincing them to do that is is viable. You know what I mean? Even though they're sort of like wild animals, you know. So, how many did you want? Um, uh, well, I, I mean, how many mice can I pull out per day, John? Uh, yeah, you know, I, you can't be abused. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you know. I'll give him a mouse every night. He gets seven mice. How's that? That's fine. That's that's doable. Yeah. And these are these are going to be like the uh, uh, lieutenants of uh, of my little mouse army. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. So yeah, you would have to like memorize speak with animals like every night so that you could keep talking to mm -hmm. them and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. because um, this is something that you're doing and training at night after your training with with y'all. Um, uh, at the end of the week, uh, Evrisios is by far like the most exhausted person. Uh, because you're you are spending way too much time awake. Um, that's cool. All right, cool. Uh, let us let us know what's going on with that. <laughs> I don't know why you would be thinking of these strange and mischievous mischievous plans. Uh, okay, so uh, so I'm just gonna so we're, we're gonna pick up next time with the big one, which is basically attempting to hire this mercenary army or find these dwarves. Right, that's the plan. Um, is there any desire? Is it, we've covered everything else, right? Pretty much for Gosta I think so. Now, is there, um, to end it, one last question. Do you plan to hire any hirelings, like actual retainers? Ted does? Yeah. Mort wants to hire uh, two goblins to carry things and hold torches and generally, uh, you know, represent. Two goblin retainers, if possible. All yep. Right. Um, we'll have to ask David the same question. He very well might want someone as well. Um, I'm very leery too because my charisma is so low. Gotcha. Um, I don't need them making off with my shit. The other thing, though, John, is that I did want to try and um, 
sort out is are we gonna get those two rings identified? You know what? I think I think we should. Let's yeah. just you know do what it. we can. Let's we do can. it. But just go real quick back to the retainers thing. Um, sure. Nial is Avrius's retainer now. Um, he does not have to be paid. However, he will take a share of XP. The two Goblin okay. retainers, if you get them, will also do that. Just be aware. Um, did yeah. you, are, do you also plan when you leave Gosterwick to take any of your fellow prisoner NPCs with you? Yeah, all of them. Okay. So, okay. So, so, don't forget. so Trusty will come because you've promised her the book. Um, uh, Yo still has to make a decision. He's coming one way or the other with you or the darlings or whatever like that. Um, Sam will need to be paid. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So Sam will then also become a retainer. You understand? Can she just be my retainer then? Uh, she can if you, just, if, yeah, but like her, lo her, her loyalty score and everything will be based upon your charisma if she wants. Oh, okay. So maybe David, give David the option of doing that. I'm just saying, like, if you want her, she she will become a retainer. Yeah, um, she could, she, you know what? She could, she could either go with David or go with Av. Av Av's uh, charisma is not bad. Okay. So we not have, as good as Anwar's, but uh, possibly what we're talking about then is two goblin retainers, Sam, um, Nyal, and that is it for actual, like, paid. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, retainers. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. Just wanted to mark that down for my own I, benefit. No rush on hiring them. We were here for a week. We can hire them towards the end of the week, too. It's fine. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, one benefit is that the rings um, can be identified as a set, so it will only cost you 200 gold. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so these are interesting items. Sweet. Sweet. These are known as, um, uh, they are always in a mated pair. Uh, it's called the Rings of Friendly Defense. Okay. Um, according to the sages, they actually come in a variety of metals with different effects. However, yours is white gold. Um, uh, uh, all of these rings, regardless of their metal, function as, first of all, rings of protection plus one. Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh, but their true potency arises when they are used in tandem. The wearer of one ring of a pair can command at any time uh, one of the following effects to be instantly opposed on the wearer of the other ring. Each, afflicts, each effect inflicts some cost on the wearer who instigates the effect, and rings of different metals are known to carry a different array of effects. Um, at, at, uh, in most cases, there is no limit to the number of uses per day. So, white gold, the included effects are stealth and shield. Um, so, the cost to the instigator is blindness. Um the recipient recipient is affected by an invisibility spell. The duration is according to that that spell's duration. Okay, so the person who wants to do it is temporarily rendered blind. The other person who's having the other ring um, is rendered invisible, and then it also has shield. Shield. The cost to the instigator is a minus two penalty to the AC. The recipient is affected by a shield spell. Okay. That's pretty awesome. So it's pretty cool. So, so awesome. two of you will each get a ring of protection plus one, which is a bonus to AC. I believe it's also saving throws, but I need to look that up. It might be different in OSC, um, but definitely AC. And then you, um, and then you have that sort of risk, uh, yeah, what do you call it? Risk benefit analysis. That's that's sick, dude. That's that's really cool. Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. It. Very very unique sort of item. That would be. Actually, um, if we're doing a recon into the the um, halflings thing, you know, you got one person who sits back blind and fragile, and the other person goes in shielded and invisible. 
Mm-hmm. We ha- we can have two invisible people go together, so nobody has to go by themselves. How long that invisibility would last, John? What's that? How long would that invisibility last? Uh, it's the duration of the of the beneficial effect, so the equivalent of the spell, whatever invisibility, however long invisibility and shield lasts, is how long they would is how long that effect would last. Got it, including okay. for the instigator. Cool. So uh, just uh, you should note down who of you is getting Ruritanus and who is getting Aethel Gifu. Um, and then the, but the instigator can be either where, you know what I mean? Like Ruritanus is not like the negative. Oh, so it's buddies. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But is one, um, can they each do the same things or is one of them do one thing and the other one does the other? No, they can each do both things. Okay. Okay. But, but the where determines who is the instigator and that is the person who, who suffers. Right. But so if you're wearing Ruritanus, you could make Aethel Gifu blind and shielded. No, uh, no, visible and shielded. Yes, yes. And you'd go blind, and and you'd go blind in minus two AC. Yes. Or the other person could choose to do the same thing but reversed with Aethel yes. Gifu. Yes, correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. just whoever decides to do it is the person who suffers. You yes. see what I'm saying? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That part I I understood. I just wanted to make sure both rings did both things basically. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the ring for for David is probably super important cuz shield is basically like uh it's just a great spell for someone who's got no armor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so he probably ought to have one and then Ted last thing I'll say is man, I'm not trying to bogart all the magic items. I have a magic shield and I got something else too. So Yeah, I, we got if, if you want the dagger, dude, you should just take the dagger, you know. Ooh, I just. Well, looked, I mean, we we can go through all that stuff and figure it out. I just looked up the ring of protection too. It does give you a plus one bonus to all saving throws too. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> that's awesome. pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that's a sweet. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, you made me look that up, Ted, because I would totally have missed it. I totally thought they were just rings. Okay, we do uh-huh. not <laughs> those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we'll pick it up next time, and we'll definitely. Uh, probably be heading back to Ardenvul, um, but we'll pick it up first with the very important hiring of the whatever team it is that is going to go uh, full frontal on the uh, on the half right. um, and okay. then and then we'll head back to Ardenvul. So pretty cool, awesome, nice downtime session, guys. Got a lot done, which is great. Uh, everyone, thanks for watching again. You've been watching three to six down the line. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. You know the deal. Pass on the word, and I hope everyone has a great week. And we will see you next time. Have a good one. See you guys. Thank you, John.